uh, we were hanging out uh, last week, uh, <laughs> you guys brought to my attention that Quibi, um, I guess all the, the short-lived video streaming service um, scam or scam <laughs> that was just uh, all around a, just a complete asinine uh, idea. Uh, I guess all of their their content was uh, acquired by um, uh, Roku. Roku. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so we 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 flipped through some of that. We watched Murder House flip. <laughs> we did watch Murder House flip. <laughs> oh boy! I would love to have been in, in like there for the elevator pitch <laughs> for that show because woof. Well, at least we know about how long they had to pitch it. Maybe seven, uh, eight minutes. <laughs> approximately one quibby. Yeah, so fucking we watched a, uh, what is, what's, I'm theoretically told is a movie, but split into 15, eight minute, um, episodes. Quibbies. Episodes. Quibbies. Yeah, quibbies. quibbies. <laughs> yes, eight minute quick bites, if you will. <laughs> Complete with, um, like an opening credit screen and a. Before every episode. <laughs> yeah. At least three minutes of ads. The most, uh, well, wait, sorry, not the most, just most dangerous game. Yeah. Um, not great, but I also, uh, I wonder how much of our, you know, our viewing experience was totally hindered by that. Uh, <laughs> like, I, there has to be structured. a show for Grace out there that's done, like, a super cut of, <laughs> right. the, like, with just, you know, Sans ads, and it just, but at the same time, they're paced for Quibi. So. Yeah, and it's every it's every uh, thing on there, all their shows. I, I like. Uh, I want to check out that Reno nine one one like reboot, and I think those episodes are like four six minutes or something. Wait, was that Quibi? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> oh no! So do, does Roku have everything? I don't or know. Just... If they, no, because the thing about Quibi was that it did. They did a variety of content. So it was like movies split into chunks and then television shows split into chunks mm -hmm. and then reality TV split into chunks <laughs> and then game shows split into chunks and then news programs split into chunks. Wait, what? Yeah, they had they like had partnerships news? with NBC and BBC uh, and CNN. I, mean, I guess that would work better. but better than a, uh, Certainly better than a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know that the news content was not picked up by Roku, obviously, mm. because who's going to go to the Roku channel and watch also, news from last we just, year? We also got ads, which aren't... Aren't you a Roku premium user uh, that still no. is in there? We own a Roku. Yeah, they oh, own a Roku. Which oh, right. I still thought would be enough. Roku is a device and a service, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, it was like, it's hey, more so a device thing. Because I don't think you can watch the Roku channel outside of a Roku. Mm. Wait, really? People there yeah. isn't like an app on like, t I don't like smart think TVs or so, something? No. Chromecast users missing out. <laughs> yes, I am. I have a TiVo streaming device. I still can't believe TiVo is a thing. Yeah, me neither. Me either. That's why I bought it. So, so does baseline uh, TiVo still function the way it, like, can you still record live TV? Get some of those DVRs? Yeah, yeah. not with Sell that. Sell them at the mall. I don't oh, know yeah, how dude. it works. The remote looks like a Comcast remote with like all the numbers on it, mm -hmm. but I use like three buttons. I use the arrows, <laughs> yeah. the middle button, and then back and home, and that's it. Yeah. Or you could be like uh, me and um, get a, a Roku firsthand from a friend that didn't have a remote, and then... <laughs> I gave you the remote eventually. You did? <laughs> yeah, how are you going to play 
Tetris that is also on the Roku for so some reason without your remote. There is a remote control. Oh my god, that is a thing on there. It is. There, there is there is a remote control uh, app on smartphones that uh, is a little slow and uh, kind of wonky. <laughs> but we also the problem is you have to like hardwire Roku right to get it connected for the first time. We couldn't get the Roku and the app to be on the same network, and then no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But now it works. It does. And now you can watch all the Quibi you want. Nah, man. I'm just I'm just watching Bounce that 24 hour block of uh, hip MTV cartoons on Pluto TV. But like, what if those cartoons were split into three distinct Quibbies and with you know <laughs> Beavis and Butthead was and... already like that kind of. Thing. <laughs> yeah. What if you get 12 minutes into Beavis and Butthead and forget what the show is? Who's, who's going to put up another title card to remind you? <laughs> True. It's not as high concept as Dario. I mean, if you were smoking Klonai. enough weed, like yeah. you should have been properly. <laughs> no then... one has ever smoked weed while watching Beavis and Butthead. Oh, it's just it's not a thing that's ever happened. I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> some some people have watched smoked weed while watching Murder House Flip. My <laughs> roommate, that that which was a bad idea. I can't imagine why. That show is so serious, and I don't understand why. I'm, I still am just I can picture that woman's face when. They like the renovators were like, so we found a little bit of blood from the murder victim oh, the musical underneath your under that bathroom tile. It's gone now, but it was there the whole time you've been living in this house and using the same bathroom. And just the look of just existential horror. But don't worry, we cut the wood out, replaced it, and then put the ugliest tile I've yeah. ever seen in a bathroom <laughs> yeah. over it. I mean, that 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 house looked better as a murder house. It's just, it's just, it had more personality. The one that we saw. Yeah, yeah, their bathroom didn't look bad. No, just that it had a it just had blood under the, the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's it, fine. Yeah, it's but you said tub. it's too serious, but it's also simultaneously not taken seriously enough. No, like it is right in that sweet middle spot where totally no one's happy. Just a, it just yeah, flip flops from ID channel <laughs> to HGTV. Yeah, just back and forth, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, I said they because there's got to be an audience for that. It's though. Quibi, so they split it into three distinct chunks. Yeah, so the first one is unsolved mysteries, but bad, and then the second one is ghost hunters. <laughs> mashed with house flippers but bad yeah. and then the third one is the reveal from house flippers but bad i don't know that house looked great with just the facade and the overcrowded backyard yeah <laughs> well i like how the house had stucco on it and they're like gross so then they sanded off the stucco but only on the front yep yeah so the back <laughs> yeah. of the house still it was still called blue stucco it was called <laughs> blue murder house so they painted it white but only on one of the three sides of that i house. also i liked what you pointed out austin in that the thing about theming that show around houses where very publicly reported crimes were committed in means that you have absolutely no privacy whatsoever once you appear on, like... No, I'm not going to harass them or anything, but it did take me around about 30 seconds to find their exact address. <laughs> I mean, the numbers in the shot. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Dead center. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't even use the number, though. I just looked up yeah, right. Blue Murder House... <laughs> Cannibalism, I think, because the dude cooked and ate his wife. Yeah, which was fun. Speaking of gross and ill-conceived um, oh, things, <laughs> absolutely uh, flawless. I'm, thank you. I, I'm known for my segues. He's um, not now. Uh, you and Jackie Chan. We have covered failures <laughs> many times on this show, but never quite like this. What we're going to talk about today really takes it to another level because. 
it's it's one thing to develop and release a bad product. It's another when that said product loses money or even sinks a studio. Uh, no, how you know you've made history is when it dooms the entire massive 16-year-old parent company who funded it into merging with one of their largest competitors. That, my friends, is special. <laughs> so what could possibly lead to something that crazy, though? A crummy video game? That is what we tend to mostly discuss uh, on here, after all, right? Uh, nah. Th this, oh, is that what this is about? Yeah, this, <laughs> so this, this story takes place in 2001, and no game in 01 could cost as much as what I'm seeing here. Uh, it seems as if we're going to uh, have to like take a step into a separate realm, uh, one that has had plenty of experience burning millions of dollars away on dumbass shit. The film industry. <laughs> uh, but who in the world would dare try to bring their premiere franchise to the silver screen in a bold attempt to have a, a name in two mediums? Previous endeavors to achieve the same goal almost all failed. Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, prior topic, the Super Mario Brothers movie. It might have not worked for any of them critically, although they did at least have one major thing in common. Modest budgets. Uh, hell, those first two even brought in a decent amount of cash. MK and Street Fighter were in the green. Um... <laughs> What exactly made this particular outing so unique then? Video game movies weren't anything new by this point. How much damage could another poorly received one even do? Uh, well, why don't you ask Square Co. in uh, response to their computer animated sci-fi epic, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. A bizarre photorealistic CGI mess of a picture that we watched together so you wouldn't have to. Heavy air quotes well, you on photorealistic. You have to watch with us. So. Yeah, that's why. What I do recommend doing, however, is uh, checking out our wonderful uh, little personal commentary track of the all flick. Of your listeners. <laughs> It'll help not only make that nonsense more fun to get through, but also assist greatly in giving context to our current subject. Mm -hmm. um, it's available now for free everywhere where uh, uh, our podcast is found and stars everyone in this room today. Um, I thought you were talking about the movie. The movie is not available anywhere for free. No. And Alec, and Alec Baldwin and Steve Buscemi are not in this room. <laughs> yeah, listen, if anybody for wants... Listeners, if anybody Rames, wants, however, is also yeah. here, yes. <laughs> if anybody does want to buy a slightly used DVD, please contact Hot Button Cast. Uh, I'll be selling it for about $400, $500 or best offer. We have a sealed uh, VHS. Between the that people, is not for sale. Between the people in this room, we have it on all three mediums. Oh, that's true. There is I have the Blu-ray. Blu Dave's got the DVD, and we've got the VHS and somewhere. And when you put them all together, you get three bad movies. <laughs> uh, so there is Austin Blakesley. Yo. Kay Linderman. Hello. Dave Salini. Hello. And yours truly, Randall Beatrice. Also uh, a dog. Also Fuse. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, how y'all feeling? Thank you all for coming back after. Uh... Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> I almost quit. I appreciated the time to decompress and kind of like reflect. Yeah, um, <laughs> a few days off. I reflected. Stared at the ocean. Still hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I've had 36 nail-biting hours to stew in my own juices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we dive deep into this POS's production, as well as uh, what it, of course, led to, um, what do you say we begin with a nice breakdown of uh, just what the fuck we sat down and experienced Um uh, and and just to keep it simple for the time being, let's remove the Final Fantasy connection from this. Uh, uh, oh, that'll <laughs> oh, be hard. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> because, I guess I'll manage. <laughs> because I believe that that you know that is a whole other beast for us to tackle uh, a little later. Um, but as a film, though, going around the circle, uh, what did you each think of the Spirits Within? And uh, does anyone want to try and uh, maybe explain the right. quote unquote plot? 
And Dave, spoilers to our listeners, I guess. Trust us, you'll be thankful. <laughs> Dave spent most of the commentary trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I he's, feel like he's I'm gonna hand, qualified. <laughs> he's going to handle the summary. But yeah. Yeah. Um, So why don't you go last for what you thought, and then you'll go into the plot. So All right. Kay, go first. <sighs> um, oh, man. Uh, so it didn't seem it at the time, but like the plot on its face is super simple. But it was just kind of couching itself in all of this overly florid language, yeah, and like <laughs> spiritual gobbledygook, and it, it it was trying to say something about you know human nature versus you know. It's not it, very cohesive. There's almost a no. science versus religion element going on that. It, it also, yeah, it all kind of just is like this gray mush at the end that you can't, it's not really palatable. You don't really know what's going on. And you just kind of feel bad. That's it's supposed good, to be yeah. uplifting. And it, <laughs> I mean, everyone in the movie like, sounds like they're on Valium anyway. Oh so my God, it's not do. compelling. Yeah. Steve Buscemi aside, maybe. He's like, doing a better, yeah. James Woods is like, considering he is he was Hades in, mm -hmm. you know, the hurt, in yeah. just one of the best voice performances ever. Fantastic voice actor, terrible person. He was also Rudy Giuliani and Rudy oh. the Rudy Giuliani story, I which we watched. Saying, but, yeah. What I, a fantastic film that <laughs> yeah. is. Highly have guys, recommended. Have you guys done the commentary track on that one? No, yet? not yet. No, okay. Yeah, they'll make a video game eventually. That'll be on my side, my politics side <laughs> podcast where I just scream into a microphone for 50 minutes. Uh, so yeah, okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm going to like, I don't know, like not quite all the way down. Okay, uh, maybe like uh, doing like a gladiator thing. 15 degree angle. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in the movie sounds like they're being recorded in a basement while their parents were sleeping upstairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even when like the characters are supposed to be yelling. It's it looks, just like, get out. It, Not like, yeah. you know. It looks good. Especially for the time. For the time. Yes. Yeah. Less Uncanny gonna... Valley than it was back in the day, uh -huh, too, for sure. Sure, sure. And I remember liking it when, if you haven't listened to the commentary, so I watched <laughs> that and Batman and Robin at a church lock-in when I was like... I don't know, 12. Um, and it's funny because we talk about the composer. The composer is not the Final Fantasy composer. No, no, yeah, it's the Batman and Robin composer, ironically <laughs> enough. Uh, and Dave pointed out during the movie sure that it, it kind of sounds like he yes. just, it's his leftover mm -hmm. music from Batman yeah, and Robin. The music doesn't fit. Not Final Fantasy at no, all. If at you're going to make a Final Fantasy movie, yeah. get the music right. That's one of the main things Final Fantasy has going for it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that confuses me is Nobu Amatsu has a credit. On that movie. Was he just like there? Oh, He's yeah. like a sound engineer or something. Oh, yeah. Great use of his time. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the audio uh, design also in the movie should, is not. It should be pointed beep, beep, out beep. that. Yeah. The gun sounds there. <laughs> Randy will get to it probably, but another Square Enix or Square product mm -hmm. came out in 2001, which is, I'm sure, where his attention went. And thank God because yeah. the music in that is beautiful. He made the smarter uh, choice. Yes. Um, <laughs> Still get stuck but in yeah, my head. But you know, it sucked. Oh. I hated it. And. <laughs> I like, okay, so I, we, we've talked about this on this podcast before. I have a problem, mm -hmm. which is whenever we talk about what games. What grinds your gears? Whenever we talk about games on this podcast, I feel this need to go play them. So I have played just, yeah. a, the one thing I think I haven't played, the couple things well, I think we have I. have together done that. It's Yeah. Fun. The couple things I think I haven't played is like the stuff that's too expensive, like an N-Gage or a Virtual Boy. And then like mm -hmm. the stuff that is like. I got one of those. Illegal and makes me feel gross, like the guy game. game. 
Yeah. But like that, I went, we will oh. not uh, have that featured as part of our studio decor. No, but I went back <laughs> and you. played. I went back and played like San Andreas and Advent Rising, the SimCity 2013. Yeah, uh, you know, Kingdoms of Amalur, like mm-hmm. even like terrible stuff that we've talked about. This might be the worst thing I consumed when in relation to this <laughs> podcast. Damn. <laughs> this is worse than SimCity 2013. I'm saying so, it right here, right now. <laughs> here's the thing. I my review is like I'm I'm fascinated by this movie. Uh, but I think its biggest issue, which we don't do we watch a lot of movies together. Yeah. And very rarely are we just like, how far are we through this? Like how much is left? Because I think I said it on the commentary at the end. I was like, that movie is utterly joyless which is not something you associate with final fantasy as a franchise at all mm-hmm. all of their games are like pumped with charm regardless of their setting and aesthetic like you said get like a great like the every it's just the movie is just a be- beige incidents like a it's single so chocobo sticker on the side of a spaceship <laughs> would have done wonders yeah in addition There's such a, a lack of personality in addition to having nothing to do with final fantasy it just like it's paced horribly too. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like events just happen, and like you're genuinely, am I nearing the end or is this still the middle? Are we at the beginning? I've <laughs> lost track of time. It sucks because I wanted to actually go in with like a sly sort of defense of it because I, I kind of, it's so audaciously weird yeah. and this, bold. Well, that this I is like... this is in. <laughs> uh, we'll say this and then Dave can go. Okay. This is in direct contrast. To the Mario Brothers movie, because, oh totally, because yeah. like everybody Stand hates everybody them. hates the Mario Brothers movie, and <laughs> I went into this the same way I went into the Mario Brothers movie, and like I hope that has charm, and the Mario Brothers movie's got charm for fucking yeah, days. Up to that ass. movie <laughs> rules. Yeah. It's so stupid. Well, yeah, it's in like that movie... Blade Runner, but with Bowser. In it. so <laughs> all of those actors were like blasted out of their minds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, all the voice actors in this were like they're on downers. Play- they're yeah. on playlists. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. not I, as much fun. Uh, yeah. They accidentally put Xanax in the muffins <laughs> in the morning. Uh all right. So uh Dave, what happened? Well, first first oh, yeah. thoughts. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh I would have to say uh Alec Baldwin's finest work until Boss Baby. Uh <laughs> on a scale of nine to ten. What? Uh, I would give it nine boss babies out of ten. <laughs> um realistically though, uh just like Offensively boring. Yeah. Yes. Like, it, yeah. There's, nothing happens, even no though emotion. so much happens on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Everything is talked about, but not shown. Meaningless exposition. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it came out. I think the visuals were like enough of a distraction for some people, but we were piecing this together. <laughs> you were doing your damnedest. I, I, <laughs> I had a headache for like since we left. Um, <laughs> Everything is like very. Very coincidental and inconsequential. Yes. Where it's just like they just do shit and then it like just it like spoilers in the end it happens to work out, I guess. But like (laughs) they're arguing with James Woods because he wants to fire the space laser, which you'll get to in the summary. But then like he does it and then like that doesn't work. But we've spent 40 minutes trying to convince him not to. But it didn't really. He regrets it, but then does it anyway, and then it, yeah, it's didn't all... really seem to change much. And then he still had the most realistic motivations in the movie. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah, he's the only person who had a solid plan and was working with the best information he had at any given point in the actual movie. Yeah, all right. Despite yeah. looking like a space fascist, we were behind him the majority of the time. The, well, the, the, also, the this movie is very weird. Because Kay mentioned, or I think you mentioned, one of you, 
the religion versus science yes. yeah. aspect of the movie. Yeah, the scientists are the relig- bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially, but yeah, they're also the spiritual ones. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, the religious people are scientists, and then there are, uh, I guess, not non-religious scientists, and they're the bad guys because they're also the fascists, even though <laughs> we all know religious people are actually fascists. But then, you know, they... Well, they scorching. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Well, but only kind, only kind of. But the <laughs> but then yeah, like there goes our audience. There's like a Bible mention, I think at one point. Is there? I know there's the book. Like he has his notebook that he throws in the incinerator. Well, it's all it's all pagan shit. Yeah, it's Gaia. It's like yeah, I mean Gaia, we should, the Mother Earth. We should start off uh b- before by saying that this takes place on Earth. Yeah, which is already very un In Final the Fantasy. Far off like. year of twenty sixty four. That's right. It's tw- no twenty sixty five. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, that completely changes. All right, so ten more years till Blade Runner. <laughs> All right, Dave. <laughs> okay, let's get to this summary. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, I'm excited. All right. Movie starts out. Uh, Earth is destroyed. It, Earth is post apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. It's not destroyed. Yes. Uh, we see our very Final Fantasy spaceship. Uh, Looks like the dropships from Halo. Mm-hmm. Looks like the dropships from Halo. Yes, very um, very sci-fi. Uh, our main character. I will give anybody in this room five dollars if you can tell me the main the name of the main character. This Aki movie. Ross. Aki All right. Ross. Yeah. Give you five for after pay the show. Pay I, pay I only pay know pay because of what's in front of me, not because oh, of you cheater. <laughs> I also remembered it. I didn't copy Kai's answer. Just All right. Is it Aki or Kai? Aki. Okay. Aki. Thank yeah. you. Now I know how to read it for the yeah. <laughs> remainder. Well, that's what they, that's how they pronounce it in the movie. So that's what I'm going with. Okay. Uh, so our main character, who I will only ever call main character, uh, <laughs> lands on Earth uh, in the destroyed old New York, of course. Yeah, I think it's just called Old New York City. Yeah. Yes. Um, she is looking for something. Think for life? She's Yes. She's looking, she ends up being looking for life. Uh, she's accosted yeah. by invisible aliens mm-hmm. uh, that have invaded the Earth. This is where we learn what has destroyed the planet at this point. Um yeah, she is good. saved by, by yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is saved by a squad of uh, faceless soldiers yeah. uh, with straight out of kill zone right? with ghost guns <laughs> that shoot the the, the alien ghosts uh, and kill them. And she finds the life she's looking for. Um, they they arrest also, her. She also unearths a, a plant. Like a well, yes, a, we'll, we'll get to the okay. Yeah, so, yeah, she, save she her some most, weed. I think. Yes, mostly. they they save arrest her. Uh, <laughs> And she brings the plant up to space, space police station, space station place, uh, up in the sky. Um, we then find out that she's looking for the eight spirits. Yes, mm-hmm. that they discovered are within yeah. things to do something. She is one. Well, we'll, we'll get okay. there. Okay, I'm sorry. Fucked up no. in the head. I'm sorry. Yeah, let, let the man speak. Okay, okay. So. We then, oh God, how do you even like talk about this? Like, we then find out who the squad is. The squad of friends is uh, Alec Baldwin. Do not know the character's name. No, this is uh, e- this is easy. Just do it this Ste- way. Sure, I I can't refute that. His last name is Gray. Oh, Gray. really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, know. All right. Don't know why I remember this. Just like the color palette of this film. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, who I believe is Neil. Yes. Uh, Ving Rhames. Yeah. And. <laughs> Fourth lady. friend, lady, lady, uh, oh, lady, right. lady marine. Yeah, lady yeah. she looks like uh, what's her name from Aliens? Oh, uh, the not not Alien. Yeah. The, the the 
Rico? No, that that's that is Starship Troopers. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we then find out who the the team is. Uh, they're very angry that she went down into this restricted area. Um, right. For some reason, but she has the plant. Um, uh, there's a scene where Alec Baldwin has been touched by one of the ghosts and now has ghost particles inside of him. He's been affected because they all go through a scanner mm-hmm. before they yes. can re-enter the spaceship. The main character then shoots the space ghost alien out with a space ghost alien shooting laser uh, and saves his life. Um, so now we understand that the space ghosts can infect people and that's how they've killed the planet, I guess. Okay, so now we understand <laughs> that the planet's destroyed, what these alien things are, right. and that, uh, sure, she's looking <laughs> for spirits. So we then, uh, the main character then talks with her mentor, Dr. Sid. Uh, there's some yes. crunchy exposition about how the planet has a soul. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland, <laughs> Dr. Sid. Also in the middle of a nap. Oh, yes, very much. He definitely recorded that in his home. Only got his uh, pages of the script. Isn't he literally fucking sleeping he at is. one point in the movie? Yes, he, he cuts is. back to his He character? fucking snoozes off in the middle of a meeting. Um, no, he snoozes off in like the middle of the climax of the movie. Yeah, he literally is, actually. Yeah. I mean, I was there too. I get it. Uh, so, Space Ghost destroying the planet. Uh, Alec Baldwin uh, infected with Space Goo. Space Goo shot out with laser. Uh, Dr. Sid then says the 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 planet has a soul and we need to protect mother, the yeah, planet mother gaia mother gaia yeah. yes the soul of the planet which is the core of the earth i guess uh, sure <coughs> um some might say the spirits within the planet oh. <laughs> um <laughs> so we then we then learn that the earth has a spirit mother gaia that we need to protect but this is a theory has not been proven by anyone. <laughs> We're not shown proof of this theory literally ever during the entire movie until the last five minutes. <laughs> the least uh, empirical scientists. Ever. Yes. Um, and, we're now supposed to take this as fact because it's a movie and these are our main characters. We didn't not get to correct. see Gaia until James Wood shot the laser into the core of the earth we'll and exposed Gaia. Yeah, there. <laughs> I know, I just have to say, no, it's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so we're then uh, introduced to the main uh, the main conflict of the of the movie, other than humans versus space ghosts, we have the space warmongers led by uh, James Woods in just a very fetching leather trench coat, <laughs> uh, hair slicked back, absolutely yeah, widow's peak, yeah, widow's peak, absolutely uh, oh, telegraphed, total as a stank man. face. Like, oh yeah. yes, very yeah. very angry face. <laughs> uh, and he has created a gigantic space laser <laughs> to shoot the crater where all of the space ghosts are coming from literally called the zeus cannon yes which it could right, not yeah. be more on the nose <laughs> uh symbolism yes yeah, so this this space cannon is ready to fire uh he is convincing the council in front of them that they need to fire this cannon destroy all of the uh all of the ghosts before we can start re-inhabiting the planet uh we're currently stuck in humans are currently stuck in some barrier cities that are basically floating cities with bubbles around them with anti-ghost force fields, <laughs> mm-hmm. like you, uh, like you said, Kay, the uh, the oh god, what's the the sport that they blitzball? Uh, the blitzball. Looks, it's yes. in the giant I, the, the sphere. For a, mo- a brief thing. like moment, I was very hopeful there would actually be blitzball. Something. Uh, the only nod to Final Fantasy is Doctor Sid in this whole movie. Yeah, yes. Who, isn't I, Sid's a pilot though? And 
everything else. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's Riki's. There's Riku's a pilot. Dad. Steve Buscemi's a pilot in the movie. Name him Sid and the other guy Dr. Neil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, God. Sorry. I, this may be hard to believe, but I've lost my space in the plot. So, yeah. So, the, um, that barrier James city. Wood, James Wood is, is trying to convince them to use the laser. Right. Yeah. Okay. The council. So, Dr. Sid then says, we can't shoot the space laser because it'll hurt the soul of the planet. And everyone in the room rightfully says, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we have no reason to believe that the planet has a soul. We do have very good reason to believe that it's currently infested with, with, with space alien ghosts. Yeah. One of the people, by the way. He's trying to convince the best voice actor in the movie, Keith David. Yes. Right. Under you. Yeah, up. not in it enough. Three not, spoken yeah. lines, maybe? Yeah. 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 Not enough. Barely. Like, But just like everything else, Keith David is dynamite. He's a treasure. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Keith David in the peanut gallery uh, <laughs> then needs some extra convincing of uh, th- this soul needs a planet and there's a better plan than just shooting the ghosts. So our main character says we can invert the ghost energy field. Bioetheric. Bioetheric. That's a thing. Uh, reverse the ghost bioetheric energy field and turn the ghosts off. This is breaking your scientist and brain. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, this has never been done before. This is completely out of line. And the main character then says, no, we've managed to do this with one, with one patient in the past who had a terminal ghost infection. It was me. She then pushes a button on her bra and <laughs> yeah, a, for a little movie projector and a little a little projector of an alien pops out of her chest, uh, which we are to intuit is inside of her, even though no one in the room would have any reason to believe that because cameras exist and so do holograms. Uh, <laughs> and she says, we found five spirits. If we find the eight spirits, we can then turn off the ghosts and not blow up the rest of the earth. That's already kind of fucked. Yes. I, so I've been considering talking about this because I really don't think it adds literally anything to the movie. Mm-hmm. But our main character, since she has these ghosts inside of her, has been having these dreams. And for some reason, they she look believes... like 90s music videos. Well, yes, they do all look <laughs> like uh, Creed music videos. <laughs> yeah, they uh, it's so good. And these dreams, she, for some reason, has decided are prophetic and how it is that she's going to turn off the ghosts and also the ghosts motivations because that's a thing that she should care about. You just need to understand them, you see. They know (laughs) nothing but pain. So Uh, it is is a classic trope of the more ethical diplomatic solution I'm I'm doing that in quotes and the the nuclear option Well, yes, we'll get to that because both of them involve a lot of shooting ghosts in the face. (laughs) Yeah, So like that that's and that's something I do want to point out is that even though we have the scientist team that is working their hardest to find this humane way to turn the ghosts off, quote unquote, unquote, <laughs> everybody's shooting these things in the face. Yeah. As soon as any of them come near, none of them are like trying to communicate <laughs> or like seeing what they can do. The ghosts are literally ripping and destroying the sp- the souls of human beings. Like they're taking yeah. them from their bodies and k- murdering them instantly. Right. And these are the spirits we're supposed to have any sort of feelings for like, and sympath- worry about yeah. <laughs> and want to sympathize with. So the, the council gives them 48 All hours to get their spirits. And they need two more spirits. Yes. They need two more spirits. Um, then I think there's like an hour and a half of the movie left at that point. <laughs> And I'm going to say maybe five lines of plot left to go over. Okay. Uh, One of the spirits is a backpack. One of the spirits is indeed a backpack full of algae. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the last spirit is an alien in the... Well, that's at the very end. That's the reveal at the end. Uh, Yeah. What are they... Fine. Um, 
Okay, so we've got Space Laser Man, Jim James Woods, Jim Woods. We're on a first name basis. Uh, <laughs> so so Jimmy Boy and his Space Laser are on one side, and we've got Doctor Sid and the the, the Chuckle Fox on the right yeah. side, on the other side, saying we need to find a way to turn these things off so we don't hurt the planet, possibly on this thing that we have no reason to believe. Yeah. The rest of the movie, they're searching for these spirits. They find one. They're now down to their last spirit. James Woods is now in Barrier City 42, which is new, new, Neo, New York, floating <laughs> up in the sky. Uh, and in order to get the council to believe him that it's a good idea to fire the space laser, he opens up the gates for the ghosts just a little bit. Because maybe a tiny invasion will really help the council you know, well to hell. get their get their shit together. Uh, shock and awe. Yeah, it's uh, like in cl- like Stargate fashion or something. Like, yeah, it's yes. or the mist. Everything goes wrong. Uh, Neo New York is destroyed. Yeah, he cracks uh, the he cracks the window too much. Yes, all the bees get in, <laughs> yeah. and you know there's just no getting those bees back out. Uh, so all the bees get in. Uh, everybody is saying we need to find this last spirit so we can turn these ghosts off while shooting all these ghosts in the face. Uh, you know these are these are ghosts from another planet. Oh boy, I kind of forgot the whole. No, the thing, the didn't the, I? the narrative of this uh, of of this film is is boring the dog. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> But in the meantime, like I think even before all of that, we actually get some back, like background on the James Woods character, um, where you know he has a he's the most fo- developed. Yeah, he has a photograph of what his family, right, mm-hmm. who presumably were murdered by the the space ghosts. I forget because yeah. this movie is actively fading from my mind as we talk about <laughs> <Nice>. it. <laughs> um, and it's like he his the he wants revenge for these alien ghosts that are fucking everything up and stole his life from him. It's the most relatable thing this yeah. movie offers yes. up. And he's the only person who currently has an idea, has executed upon it, has evidence to support what he's doing at any given point in the movie, <laughs> yeah. and we're supposed to think he's a bad guy. Space laser yeah. will blow up the planet. I could prove it. And then, so, then he regrets it, and and then unregrets it. Everybody on Team Chucklefuck uh, brutally dies. Yeah. In a four minute span. Yeah. Like just absolutely darts at it. Yeah. Darts all the they're darpy. doing yeah. is like going to get a spaceship to get out of the city, right? Yes. And yeah. they all they're, die. And their their vehicle gets booted Which is by the, dope. The, the parking authority of the, the little the, the cool like not warthog that the driver yeah. ran in. Yeah. That, like, I was into that. that yeah. Something exciting was happening. Yeah. And then, and then they crash and that murders Ving Rames. <laughs> yeah. Um and then yeah, and then there's like a boot. The space police put a space boot on the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. So then Steve Buscemi and Lady Marine go outside in order to release the boot, which they do, but then they get swarmed by ghost aliens and die. And then Ving Rames, they give him they he's like, I'm not gonna make it. So he's they like give him in the car. They give him a gun and say, Here you go, and then you're which like, I don't Okay, know, his I don't know why this movie has so many guns, because they don't do anything. Yeah, they don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> so then he distracts the giant ghost long enough for Alec Baldwin, Mulan. I'm just going to call her that because it's the chick who plays Mulan. <laughs> yeah. And the cartoon Mulan. And what's his face? Dr. Sid. Dr. Also, Sid. very thinly veiled uh, love story between the. Well, yeah, they had backs. They had like a back, like, I don't know, some backstory. Yeah, they were okay. lovers. I. <laughs> Yeah, my bad. Entirely <laughs> inconsequential. There's no chemistry. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can take it from there. Everybody dies, and then they, the three of them, get out in a spaceship. Yeah, they, they, they toss everybody who is a good voice actor into a meat grinder, <laughs> uh, just so all the charisma is gone for the final confrontation. 
Um, so we then at this point learn that through the dreams that Aki is having, um, yes, right, that the meteor that these aliens came from is actually the core of their home planet and the center of the universe hurtled through space <laughs> and landed on earth and then released all the souls of the ghosts and aki says they're not an invasion they're just ghosts and all they've ever known is pain and therefore we're supposed to feel bad for them before shooting just a just a shit before ton of inflicting them, more. them with more pain so then now we understand that this is so it's second. okay that they cause suffering Right, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a very uh, uniform and well-delivered message. Um, so James Woods, now after having destroyed Neo New York, is in the Zeus cannon getting ready to fire as <laughs> as team with the remnants of Team Chucklefuck are in the crater trying to find the final spirit so that they can then reverse the ghost field and turn all the ghosts off. And as they're doing that, James <laughs> Woods very logically fires the gigantic space weapon to try and destroy the thing that has killed the planet. Yeah. And, you know, kind of maybe make up for some of his mistakes. In the for past. the antagonist, he's, he's, he's attempting to save everyone, yeah, and like preserve humanity. And he sacrifices himself in, in the process yeah. because the, yeah, the yeah. space laser overheats. I guess he fired it too much or something. And then, yeah, it blows up. Taking him <laughs> with it. Yes. So he, he heroically sacrifices himself doing what he believes is right to try and save the planet. Bad guy. Uh, <laughs> so when he fires this laser, he hits the meteor that landed on Earth and released all the ghosts, releases the old soul of the other planet, Gaia 2, I guess. It starts <laughs> taking over the planet, and he's also revealed Earth's soul, which is a blue pool beneath it, and now both of them are going to intertwine, which I guess is a bad thing, but then at the final moment, the Aki finds the final spirit, <laughs> and then... Uh, Alec Baldwin sacrifices himself to put the spirit in the bad planet's heart, and then it all disappears. Yeah, the final spirit was within one of the the go the alien oh, ghost spirits. That's and, why they call it that. And then, yeah, the reason he sacrificed himself was because he had there had to be a vessel to put the spirit in, because I guess because it, they needed a corporeal form, I think, um, and sure. that killed him. Yes, sure. I I have no way of refuting what you're saying. That so. is absolutely what happened. I don't know what the logic. I'm making air quotes yes. behind it was. No, um, that was a valiant effort. You did, you guys did a much better job than I could. I, I, I'm sweating. Yeah, they, I, you I, look I'm, like you're in pain. I am. I mean, I'm glad that I was able to exercise that demon because it's yeah. just kind of floating around in there. But who oh boy? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. So, There's blood coming out of your nose. Oh, that's then, normal. They, <laughs> they reverse the energy and all the ghosts disappear and then Larkin Seal starts playing. Yeah. The best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That was a banger. So that's the film. Kinda. Um, You're welcome. But what about the IP it is technically attached to? Um, well, the short version is that Final Fantasy is a Japanese series of fantasy video games that began all the way back in 1987 for the Nintendo Famicom. Um, they're mostly all RPGs, uh, the mainline ones anyway, although there are a few spinoffs that took uh, the direction to everything from tactical strategies to third-person shooters to fighters, racing, even music rhythm titles. Uh, to date, are you talking about Urguy's Gods of the Ring? <laughs> You had to get Dirt to Cerberus in there, too. Yeah, I did. No, there, was a, there was a fighting game, too, right? Yeah, Dissidia. Oh, yeah, Dissidia. Yeah, Dissidia sucks. <laughs> not her guys. To date, there have been 15 numbered games with a 16th on the way. Uh, 11 and 14 were MMOs. 
otherwise, there are also um, there's animes, mangas, novels, as well as other feature films that we'll bring up down the road, each with uh, varying degrees of success. Largely, though, they remain quite the fan favorite, uh, with a couple often being called some of the greatest of the genre ever created. And it showed. As of 2021, its line of, um, you know, like, released games is credited to have sold 159 million units. Damn. That's how much software just, like, into people's hands. Its effect on culture is, an, is inarguable, too, with many of the characters and music cementing their place in larger society. Um, what makes this franchise much different than others, however, is its anthology-like ability to build separate standalone settings, casts, and plot lines, each with their own exclusive features while also retaining similar elements and recurring themes from entry to entry despite the unrelated stories. You know, they're always crafting new worlds. Uh, its first debut, helmed by Hironobu Sakaguchi, eh, familiar? was a massive commercial hit, including its localization to the West. A relatively unpopular venture during the era before the original Dragon Quest proved it to be, like, effective, like, a year prior. But this was big, uh, with several of those uh, on the team stating that it saved Square from the threat of bankruptcy. Now, while there are multiple theories behind the name itself, it's widely reported that Final Fantasy was called so due to the director's personal situation of it being his and the company's final chance to launch the win their studio so desperately needed. Boo. <laughs> um, if the game didn't land that level of achievement, it would have almost certainly been Sakaguchi's last outing of working in the field forever. Thankfully, it wasn't, and today, FF remains a strong pillar of the industry, which uh, invites the question over to you guys. Uh, what is all of your relationships to the brand as a whole? Um, Kay, I know 10 was very important to you, uh, Dave, more than anyone I know, has a, a childhood connection to some of the classic 16-bit ones. And uh, Austin, I think it was said on this show already how passionately you felt about 7 and the 2020 remake. Uh, so, yeah, I I haven't played as, like, all of the titles. I know Dave has played most of them. Um, but the ones I have played, I played the shit out of. Yeah, I know 15 was popular. I also, 15's yeah. also great. I did play through that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I played 7 and 8 back in the day, which I know, hot take, didn't connect with me quite as much as okay. most people wow. i know that that may that's Come very controversial i know i know i know <laughs> were you never a 10 year old boy <laughs> no you didn't want to be an eco terrorist when you were a kid <laughs> <laughs> no i grew into that okay yeah me too but uh man final fantasy uh 10 especially it blew my mind as and as that a will child. come up on this yeah yeah same years and spirits within <laughs> i put hundreds and hundreds of hours like i had this all the strategy guides and everything I also loved six when I got it was able to play that on emulator. Oh, and then, nice! Yeah, and it got the the anthology as well. Six is the fucked up one. Yeah, that one rules. Yeah. It got the best best villain in the in this entire Final Fantasy series. <laughs> I think Kafka. Yep, it's fucking best. They should have. Oh. Oh, man, that movie would have. <laughs> they should have just had Kafka in the movie because that would have been so much better. Than what they, well, <laughs> yeah, spooky ghost uh, clown god. Also, Absolutely. James Wood would have been a great voice actor for that. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah um, actually, that would have been incredible. Incredible casting. <laughs> I also will defend X2. The game was fun. I like playing dress up. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, I'll listen to the defenses of X2 and 13 over 12. Don't. <laughs> no worries about that here. Yeah, you're not going to get any defenders of 12 in here. Uh, yeah, I'm not even uh, I'm not even going to go to that dark place mm -hmm. that is Final Fantasy 12. And then, yeah, Final Fantasy 15, really enjoyed it. It is flawed. Um, there are a lot of questionable like design choices and plot choices, but it's it is a 
fun game with fun characters and it that all the food that Ignis cooks looks it, yeah. fucking delicious. That's some top-notch food yes. tech. <laughs> also the funny some of the funniest like blatant ad placements in video game history yeah. like all the cup of noodle i don't know death stranding with their monster energy <laughs> also that game opens with a pretty sweet florence the machine yeah. cover of uh stand by me <laughs> you drive around and closes spoilers yeah <laughs> uh dave what's uh so i've never really considered myself a final fantasy fanboy but it turns out i've played like a lot of them <laughs> every single one of them and the offshoots Oh, I've no played shit. at okay. least one version of Final Fantasy 1 through 15, including the MMOs. I've also played Final Fantasy Adventures on the Game Boy, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the Super Nintendo, Final Man. Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Advance, Tactics Advance 2. Did you play Chocobo Racing? I played Chocobo you Racing. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, what about so Crystal Chronicles? That's a, that's a very like beloved... I got the sequel on DS. Okay. Not the original because I never owned a GameCube because I was my parents hated me. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the, abuse. <laughs> not getting um, your kid a GameCube. Yeah, so just a lot of time invested in Final Fantasy that I didn't realize until you made me think about it. Uh... <laughs> But, you just like flashed back to. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess I am a fanboy. Well, <laughs> you know what? It fine. Hey. Um, when I was younger, Final Fantasy VII was one of the first ones I ever played. Obviously, it's um, we were what eight, nine, ten when that came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, resonated with me obviously as I was learning what angst was, and of course, Cloud was a great character. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, I was I was an angry young man. Uh, <laughs> and that steampunk uh, like aesthetic. Yes, the steampunk rad. aesthetic was pretty rad. Oh, yeah. So yes, I've played played quite a bit. Nine and seven are a couple of my favorites. I actually recently replayed nine last year during the lockdown. Uh, still kind of holds up. Was nine re-released officially on Switch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Never remastered or anything because uh, it still looks just perfect. Dated. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, no, it looks it looks good for the time period. Yeah, it has that cartoony look. Yes. that I think holds up. A lot better. of the a lot of the PlayStation One ones, people have been remastering them. Oh, right. Very yeah. similarly to Resident Evil. Fuck yeah. One, two, and three. They're all hand painted backgrounds. Yes. Right. Yeah. And Resident Evil went back and re hand painted all the backgrounds <laughs> for the GameCube one. Yeah. Final Fantasy never did. And so they have like AI. Just like blown up. Oh, right. They did like, They have the... AI uh, that are uprising all of the backgrounds in seven, That's eight, cool, and nine. Though. I know that the, um, like, seven in particular has a lot of changes in art. For the how the characters look visually, like depending on sort of what degree of cutscene that you're in yep, or yep. what style. Yeah. What about uh what about you, Austin? Well, to borrow a phrase from Dave, I never played Final Fantasy one through six because I did not have a Super Nintendo because my parents hated me. Uh, I also didn't have a Nintendo. We've talked about this. I was a Genesis <laughs> kid. You don't have to yell at me, I regret it. Um <laughs> but I didn't play many RPGs, period. I, I think the same. My RPG, Pokemon was my introduction. My RPG experience started with Quest 64, as mentioned on our last <laughs> THQ episode, uh, which is a nightmare of a game. But I remember going to a EB Games and buying Final Fantasy VII and all four of its discs for $6. All right. Is that four discs or three? It was four. No, I, I think, think eight might have been four. Three, eight yeah. is four. Yes. So I beat Final Fantasy VII. Uh, in like 120 hours and did nothing but go to school and do that and then i immediately went out and bought eight and nine uh, they never were beat eight did beat nine nine is great because leon leon's from eight squall, squall is squall yeah. squall lionheart 
Is that his name? Yeah, actually, I think you're right. Yeah, Rinwa and <laughs> yeah. yeah, never beat eight. I always wanted to go back and play eight because I remember like bizarre. I remember yes. liking eight, but I've it heard is divisive things. Some people love weird. eight. Some people have turned on. And it, then, and then I got a GameCube. Mm. Then I got an Xbox. Mm. And then I got a PS2. <laughs> and my first PS2 game was Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah. And my second PS2 game was Final Fantasy X. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Dave said nine and seven are some of his favorites, and Kay said ten is her favorite. Yeah. I don't know. No. I think if I had to go era? back, I think my favorite, honestly, might be the remake of seven. I really yeah, like right. that game. Yeah. But if we're going like not non remake, non spin off mainline, I think ten is my favorite. Hell yeah. yeah. I love ten. <laughs> I played Blitzball for hours. Um, <laughs> got it. Got to Just you just you get behind, yourself behind, behind the, the bullet, the goalpost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're not going to be able to get Waka's legendary weapon otherwise. <laughs> got to win fifty of those matches. Ne- God, I can't believe you did that. Never played ten two, unfortunately. I have not replayed um, it in a very me long neither. time. I don't yeah. know if I would love it quite as much. But my first MMO was Final Fantasy eleven. Twelve sucks. Mm-hmm. I'll say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not good. I've been thinking about thirteen recently. Thirteen is yeah. okay. It, I wish Lightning yeah. was a better character. Yeah, no, Lightning's fucking. I strange. wish anybody was a better I, character. Saw, I liked Saz. <laughs> yes, Saz was good. But see he, the guy with the chocobo on his hair. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He was cool. Yeah, more chocobos. Chocobos <laughs> sell. Chocobos <laughs> are the best. We need more. I yeah. So it's um. And I also played three on the DS. Yes. Oh, so, so that got right? re-released. Yeah, I think. Whatever. Yes. And I've played Dissidia and Dirge Service Rules. It's the only I watched. <laughs> I, wa- I played. Uh, That's fine. I played through all of Crisis Core. Oh, um, right. Crisis Core. The yeah. PSP prequel to Seven. Watched Advent Children. We'll get yeah. that. We'll get that uh, as well. My yeah. feelings on 15 are mixed, but having beaten it and looking back, it is. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's better. It's way better than twelve and thirteen. Everything's better than yeah. twelve, and it is also better than thirteen. I forgot about Lightning Returns as well. Well, Final Fantasy fifteen was initially revealed as thir- versus, thir- versus versus thirteen. 13. 13. Right, yeah. Like Final Fantasy, yeah. Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen was the reason I bought a PlayStation. There, there are two reasons I bought a PlayStation three. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts three, and Final <laughs> Fantasy versus thirteen. How did that work out for you? Um, <laughs> so. Neither of those released on there. We're gonna have to get into it, but Kingdom Hearts three f- fucking blows. That game sucks. And I don't know anyone if I had finished that. if I had to pick between Final Fantasy fifteen and Kingdom Hearts three, there's absolutely no contest. Yeah. I had some problems with fifteen, but it is a way fucking better game than Kingdom <laughs> yeah, Hearts three ever perfect. could be. My uh my experience with Final Fantasy is is a little strange. Uh, I've <laughs> dipped my toes into a lot of them. But so the the first one that I ever uh, picked up a controller with was I had a childhood friend who had three for the SNES and you could play that multiplayer, which was kind of cool. Um, but I never I did not see the end of it. And then uh, Final Fantasy was sort of out of my wheelhouse until seven, just because seven made such a, a you know, a, a, like a monumental impact. And uh, I remember thinking it was really cool and got through a bit of it. And then I was a little too impatient and dd dumb when it came to rpgs um because the it wasn't until pokemon came out i think a year later that i was like that genre became more accessible to me um did not play eight or nine uh and then when 10 came out i remember 
thinking it was crazy that a video game could do that. That, that yeah, it's those like visuals blew me away. Yeah, I played ten, but I I watched a friend beat it. Um, and I, I that was a easier way for I think to me absorb uh stuff like that and then enjoyed what I saw. Um, though I did uh, play some of the Blitzball segments. <laughs> The um, worst part. Yeah. And uh, then I tried Final Fantasy XI on a, um, uh, I think it was my brother's PS2 with the, uh, the, the their hard drive adapter that you could play, you know, like SOCOM with and stuff. Didn't really know what I was doing, but uh, it still was like when it released was something I never saw before because um, that was pre World of Warcraft. Oh, and if I, I didn't mean to skip over it, uh, I uh, did not. I, I never played uh, Ten Two. Sorry, Kay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never played any of the actual sequels. I did. I I rented Twelve and hated it, and then I rented Thirteen and hated it less. But I think I got distracted by other games on the 360. Um, I'm Captain Bosch of Damascus. <laughs> and I I have also uh, to the lament of of uh, many people we know I have I have not played fourteen but I all uh, by all accounts I know people never, who, who well. love it I played a so, little bit of eleven um, I forgot the and, weird thing the weird thing about and Dirge Cerberus rules <laughs> yes best Final Fantasy <laughs> the weird thing about Devil May Cry up in there Final Fantasy eleven and fourteen is that obviously fourteen we should do that story one day we yeah, already oh, yeah, did the housing sure. thing but like yeah. You know, that game got relaunched. Eleven came out in an era where WoW was killing it and WoW mm -hmm. clones were in abundance. And WoW is more or less a clone of EverQuest. Now Final Fantasy's taking WoW's uh, pot. It, it is. It's just wild. But like Eleven is like so fucking weird. If you go yeah. back and play Eleven, it's nothing like World of Warcraft. No, it's EverQuest. It's way more yeah, EverQuest. It is. Yeah. Wait, I have a, st uh, a stupid question. Is Eleven still online? Yeah, yeah. Or like the can you still like crossplay with I, PS2 I was and like say, 360 I don't think the PS2 and servers are anymore. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure you can still play 11 on PC. Interesting. I think you can. Yeah, yeah. but wow. requires 17 launchers. <laughs> yeah, and then they they made they made it way less EverQuest because 14 was also like 11, and then people were like, yeah, we don't yeah. want this anymore. And then they made 14 more like WoW when Realm Reborn came out, yeah. and then that's why it's yeah. Oh, and 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 uh, fifteen is great. Although I I got far, but I didn't beat it because it, it got hard. And I'm, I'm <laughs> gotta grind more. I uh, all yeah, those sites. As far as fifteen, like Final Fantasies go, though. Like, no, it, it's it's, it's the most grindy. accessible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not grinding so much as the the side quests themselves the are the grinding. Yeah, yeah, bounties. But you yeah. don't. Yeah, you, realistically, you don't have to do a ton. No, <laughs> you don't have to do that hour. Supposedly twenty four hour long battle against the mountain it only took me 45 minutes i don't know why people said it took 24 hours i think it's supposed to be 24 in game hours because there is a, oh, day, a day night right. cycle okay. so i think you you fight it from dawn to dawn didn't take it out <laughs> what is what You're is just too hardcore <laughs> what is funny also by the way that like i um I never played six, but it's the one I've seen the most like analysis six, six of. Six owns. Like I've just like I need to replay it. more so than like one or two. Is six the you one know? where like, you it's... suplex the train? Absolutely, <laughs> it is. Yeah, okay. There's the like, like, that whole weird stint where you're in the opera. Oh yeah, shit. it's uh, so wait. So correct wild. me if I'm wrong, but is that also the one where like halfway through the game you lose? 
and then like the back half of the game is like the ruins of yeah, everything. Well, it's only if you count Try losing it. as the planet being destroyed and you're floating on uh, <laughs> little chunks of it in space. Some ice. dark shit for oh, yeah. uh, the, the when you get to the island with Sid and Celeste or Cells or Cellies, however you want to say it. <laughs> don't give him the fish that's dead. All right, I'll make a note in my phone in case. I <laughs> um, so, but that's um, you know, this is enough talk of of actual Final Fantasy. What about this fucking movie? <laughs> and uh, and if I didn't already thank you, Dave, for uh, enough uh, for, for like. <laughs> well, thank you for giving me a twenty minute break to go and wipe my nose and call an ambulance. <laughs> but I very much appreciate uh, that uh, that run through. Um, so, believe it or not, this tale begins. Uh, way, way back in 1997 uh, at Harbor Court in downtown Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, the home of the newly opened Square Pictures, a subsidiary of Squaresoft that would specialize purely in computer animated film. Um, And the location made sense as it kind of bridged the distance between their eastern and western offices. Their goal was to, quote, incorporate the movie's division's technical advances into its games, spinning a cycle of creativity with games inspiring movies that in turn improve games. <laughs> what? I know. I think, sorry, I, some of the wording there got a little mixed up in translation. Um, but yeah, they, they hired up, even moving the entire USA studio into the complex. Uh, and this was no small investment. They were dedicated. The initial spending was reported to have cost around $45 million and, um, and up to 250 people from 22 different countries were employed there. Just at the pictures division? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and what's wild, too, is that the announcement of all this wasn't met with much surprise. It almost seemed like a natural evolution for the company at the time. Sakaguchi stated the motivation originally was to construct a high-level graphics facility before the idea shifted to filmmaking. Uh, After all, morale and excitement was exploding right now after the immediate acclaim of Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation. Um, Never heard of it. (laughs) Like, they were hitting records there. Uh, I believe international sales for it were about $6 alone in the first year. Uh, It was crazy, especially for a JRPG and, like I mentioned, like prior to the Pokemon sensation. Um, they were also still developing games here as well, uh, with Final Fantasy, uh, nine being the first produced technically outside of Japan. Um, there was no reason to stop, right? I mean, um, their fiscals were looking hot, same with their consumer interest and everyone, uh, got to work. Um, in the early months, 18 to be exact. They were devoted to building SQ Flash, a, quote, in-house product that plugs into commercial software programs Maya and RenderMan. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is easy to forget just how, like, fucking like, groundbreaking this was back then. Remember, the only similar reference anyone had in their heads at the time in terms of CG was Toy Story in 95, just two years prior. Um, their, uh, their progress was already beginning to show, grabbing the attention of... Columbia Pictures under Sony not too long after this, like that directly led to a partnership in 1998. The mission, quote, uh, be the first to simulate human emotions and movements through computer graphics. Well, I think they captured the emotions of everyone in that movie, you know, on Valium. <laughs> I, I believe that Donald Sutherland had actually fallen asleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was then decided why not use Final Fantasy as the venue to do this? 
I mean, we it's, why now? <laughs> it's a pretty risky and ambitious pursuit. The name recognition would definitely help get buzz going. And as we said, choosing this series wouldn't really behold them to anything considering how removed every entry is from another. So yeah, Sakaguchi penned the original draft of the script, first titled Gaia, hmm. um, <laughs> after hmm. our, our Earth god. Interestingly enough, it also uh, was agreed upon early on um, by those involved that it would be filmed entirely in English, um, thus making the project much more accessible in the Hollywood market. Not to imply that the plot and themes were any less, like, emotional for him, uh, the main character, Akai, sorry, Aki, Aki, Aki yeah. uh, was even named after his mom, who tragically died in an accident a few years before. The sudden loss led to him reflecting on what happens to the spirit after death, hence the title being selected in reference to the Gaia hypothesis, or the theory that, quote, living organisms interact with their organic surroundings on Earth to form a syn synergistic and self-regulating complex system that helps maintain and perpetuate the conditions for life on the planet end mm -hmm. quote thank you wikipedia <laughs> i is, really <laughs> is that kind of incorporate like shintoism as well isn't yeah. that kind of okay um sounds like it what's what's that exactly it's it's like a oh god you're gonna catch uh, i'm gonna sound like an idiot so it, it's like a, i mean I, it's a system of beliefs you know that's, okay you know it's pretty like uh predominant in japan and i think it's kind of a similar like all living things have like spirits you know as opposed to okay. this kind of a it's not like a monotheistic religion uh, then yeah i would draw that connection that kind of sounds like yeah. i know I, I, I could I'm, be wrong but <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me all right yeah um, no that's as far as far as i'm aware of shintoism it is kind of like th this is very much a mashup of like paganism mm -hmm. and shintoism shintoism is like the thing of like in japan gods and spirits are the same all right if so it has like, if it hasn't already been clear i was not raised religious and, and a lot of uh studies use, around religion are a little to lost use a video me. game example for you like oh go on uh, uh amaratsu from okami oh. is like a fox or dog gotcha. wolf wolf spirit but he's also kind of a god because spirits and gods are the same thing, whereas in like obviously like Judeo-Christian beliefs, spirits and gods are very. There is only one god. It's a very um, what's the word? Not the opposite of monotheism. Polytheism. 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 I know that. That's yeah. just because of <laughs> very polytheistic thing. Right. I'm yeah. following. Like it's like paganism. Now, um, Japanese paganism. He also thought the best way to portray this principle was by having the story take place on Earth, as we said. Uh, another major change for the fictional worlds in the IP. Some were okay with this, many were not. Uh, I did see uh, one defender, Dan Myers from Sight and Sound magazine, saying that you could argue that it was still in similar vein to the games. He says, uh, party of heroes, their individual skills in pursuit of knowledge. Impending global holocaust, yada yada. Yeah, Grasping at some. You can see where the themes are, and also like the, the guy is a very Final Fantasy like yes, thing. The world right? spirit is definitely something that comes up a lot in a lot of those games. <laughs> but a uh, group of heroes is a stretch. I would say group of ragtag ragamuffins, but like <laughs> yeah, they didn't really. Yeah, no, there weren't. I guess they did technically. There was the pilot. You know, they all had kind of their individual skills there, but there wasn't really much emphasis on like what they brought to the table. No, they pretty much could all just shoot guns. Nobody, yeah, but again, it's like 
like ability to uh, each other. The party, as it yeah. is in Final Fantasy, like when you think of like Titus and mm-hmm. Yuna and Riku and or like Cloud and Tifa and Aerith and Barrett, yeah. like same general themes. They, it's they the, this was less that and more like aliens, like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. This is more like yeah. a like a squad of marines. This is what. This is what a weapon this person has. Who are trained for such purposes where it's just like you're walking on the road and then like a chick with a giant ninja star pops out and you're like, hey, you want to come help us save the world? And she's like, okay. And then it's like, Yuffie's joined your party. And you're like, cool. (laughs) Yeah, and then there's a vampire with the revolvers. Now we have a vampire with revolvers. We have a little girl with a ninja (laughs) star. We have a giant white blob with a cat on top. We have a talking dog. (laughs) You know, a guy with a machine gun for an arm. You know, the usual. Now there, there was more to this, like like these kind of opinions from a few others that I saw. Um, they highlighted a book published in 1914 where a couple connections could be like drawn from, but that's boring. Uh, no, what, 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 not what we're here for. Um, so uh, who else, uh, like, was brought on board? Um, well, the retooling of Gaia into the Spirits Within screenplay was credited to Al Reinert and Jeff Vintar, two Americans. Although the former was born in Tokyo, and both were no stranger to the uh, to the industry, uh, Reinert was a journalist who received an Academy Award in 1989 for directing the NASA documentary For All Mankind, and was nominated again in 1995 for co-writing Ron Howard's Apollo 13. Um, guess he really digs space. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Vintar, however, uh, only had one prior film under his belt that was just released: a German crime movie called. Uh, long hello and short goodbye um, but it too was met with praise even today it's listed as a cult favorite among noir fans uh, that and he later wrote i robot in 2004 which we just recently rewatched for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> still enjoyable yeah i still enjoy that movie it's fun uh now while creator sakaguchi would stay as director a co-director was added a vfx artist named uh matanori Sakaibara. He had some experience uh, leading the cutscenes in Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII, which is interesting. The producers were Jun Ida and Chris Lee. Uh, Ida was perhaps most known for on his uh, contributions to the horror role-playing games Parasite Eve 1 and 2. Damn. And executive produced the Darkstalkers and Street Fighter animes, as well as the 94 live-action picture. Oh, man. <laughs> Another topic we should cover. A classic. The production of the movie actually has a really fascinating, like, um, there's a really fascinating story behind it that I don't, I don't want to go into. Well, oh, that we might just have to bring you guys back. Yeah, That's no, like... it's, it's really, yeah. There's some really good uh, long form <laughs> articles out there about like how fraught that whole production was. But cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that stuff's out there, just like the Mari movie. It's that's uh, I just eat it up. Uh, Lee, on the other hand, was the former head of Columbia TriStar, who assisted in editing a comedy in 1985 called. Dim sum, a little bit of heart. Mm-hmm. No idea. But we can then thank him after this in bringing uh, such hits to the silver screen like Ballistic uh, X versus Sever. Oh boy. SWAT and Superman Returns. Uh, <laughs> some some bangers. real Woof. bangers. Although bangers. he did he did uh, produce a Valkyrie in uh, in 08, and so it wasn't all bad. Uh, he also was quoted as comparing the project to Snow White as it was the first full feature using painted cells um and this would be the first full feature using photorealistic effects eh? yeah. 
not quite the impact they landed on the end, but I still get it. Um, <laughs> uh, so something that has come up uh, a few times, both today and, and uh, on the commentary, was the, uh, the score, uh, which was to be composed by, you looked it up as Elliot Goldenthal? Yeah. Uh, an unconventional pick outside of the franchise's in-house musicians. Uh, his filmography includes Pet Cemetery, Demolition Man, dope, uh, Interview with a Vampire, and The Old Batmans, as uh, yeah, uh, as well as Heat, uh, and um, uh, following a, a movie following Spirits Within called Frida, which he won an Oscar for. Yeah, so oh yeah, like Frida Kahlo, the Frida Kahlo movie. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, I didn't see that one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, aside from the uh, recordings of this by the London Symphony Orchestra, they included one other piece to its soundtrack. The credits music, as uh, as Kay mentioned, the uh, it's it's called "Spirits Dream Inside" by uh, Liar Conceal, uh, the oh, Japanese the Japanese rock group that English speakers perhaps know uh, best from their inclusions on everything from the Full Metal Alchemist Alchemy, Full Metal Alchemist Alchemy, <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist anime to uh, Osu uh, Takade Oenden, the, the DS game with the, the that was they both had uh, Ready Steady Go mm-hmm. uh, feature prominently, which is cool also and um, a banger. yeah. And uh, then uh, they also went on to do songs for um, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Devil May Cry 4, and uh, most recently, which shocked me, Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. Even uh, promoting with like a PSVR music video that featured the band themselves battling zombies in Raccoon I City. I know. I know. This. Sorry. I just had to put this in here. I kn- <laughs> How did I not know about Oh, yeah. This? I downloaded that. <laughs> I never played it or watched it or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't, because I, I don't know if it's been like. Uh, uploaded to YouTube or anything because you're supposed to watch it within the... I need to experience this somehow. (laughs) We'll bust that back out. Um, Meanwhile, several script rewrites were taking place now that the pressure was on. Uh, Oh, and that deal with Columbia was also kept fairly under wraps during the bulk of its production. Like, it wasn't really made public until April of 2000. In fact, this was the company's return to cartoons in uh, 15 years uh, with the last being Care Bears 2, a new generation, a thing that didn't get the best response oh, from it didn't, critics. didn't set the world on fire. No, can you uh, believe it? <laughs> wait, Squares returned to animation? No, Columbia. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, real real good choice there. <laughs> uh, back into the trenches, though, there were 200 employees uh, of the staff at their desks around the clock, um, almost all focusing on the animation. Later interviews revealed that the combined efforts accumulated over 120 years of work in the span of four. Wow. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, there were four big-ass SGI Origin 2000 servers, uh, a, a, like a series mostly used in research labs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've worked with them. Yeah? <laughs> I used to work in a weather research lab, and we had a lot of uh, SGI. No shit. Which, by the way, Silicon Graphics, they're... They're they're used. They're also used a lot in like render farms for like Pixar. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they also had four Onyx two systems um, that were again huge. (laughs) Like uh, I like I googled these. It's just like a you know the old room computers. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. No silicon graphics uh, server things that the ones he mentioned are about eight feet tall. And it's just blades of render computers. Yeah. So what you're saying is it would be great at Bitcoin mining. Uh huh. Right, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. You know what we're investing in next then? <laughs> They're very expensive. Uh, these, as <laughs> well as. Pay for um, itself in weeks. <laughs> 167 octane workstations for the crew, housing 
960 Pentium 3 processors. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. They were all in, yo. Um, other than that, um, there were motion capture setups, uh, of course. Um, although Matthew Hackett, an animator from the 98 Godzilla, uh, explained that while effective, uh, even using them still required going back to manually, like, like to complete. Like they had to, like, they, they couldn't just one to one translate everything they weren't over. like no. fine-tuned enough motion, yeah motion capture has gotten way better but you still for sure there's a lot of uh if you've ever watched the behind the scenes for like lord of the rings and uh or like star wars uh the, the prequels for star wars it's like yeah motion capture back in the 90s and early 2000s was kind of like you're getting the basic framework of how humans move but yeah. like yeah he said specifically with the hands and faces. Yes. Uh, so now you know they have those the big different. rigs that the camera hangs down in front of your face and they draw the dots on your face. Yep, yep, mm -hmm. yep. That's facial capture. That's important. But motion capture, really, you're just getting like a skeleton that the moves movements. its neck and elbows and knees and yeah, hips it's a, it's a and shoulders. Frame. So like, yeah, hands and hair and faces oh, yeah, and the, feet still the have to be animated. hair tech is actually a big part of this. Yes. Uh, the team, like, they also wanted to uh, abstain from repurposing any actual photographs for the environments. Um, so every single background image was done with matte paintings. And then, uh, and these guys, like, they, you know, they were proud. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it is still a good looking movie. Yeah. It is. Like, I, I respect Especially all the work. Especially in the context that went of its in, time. Like, yeah, all that's, the creative. That's so. kind of why I wanted to give it its, yeah. its due diligence here. Um, because, you know, once you get into the, uh. Outside of the technical stuff and more of the creative stuff, that's where <laughs> yes. it falls apart a little. But um, one of their supervisors, Andy Jones, who incidentally also worked on uh, Godzilla and Titanic, coined uh, the look of it as hyper-real, uh, with special software alone having been dedicated to simulate textures for cloth, hair, and skin. Going further, um, there were artists and programmers adding additional cinematic elements and like and details like uh, lens flare, um, camera bobs, depth of field, um, the the hair I mentioned, an estimated sixty thousand generated strands, or approximately twenty percent of their entire computing power. Really? <laughs> yeah. No wonder Harris. they had like four bald characters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Or or like slicked perfectly. Like she was the only one where it was like constantly bobbing around and yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy Woods had like clay uh, clay hair on them. Uh, Ving Rhames was bald. Yeah, it tracks now. Don yeah, Sutherland was yep. bald. Uh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin had short hair. Yeah. In total, with a modest runtime of 106 minutes, I know it felt longer. Uh, <laughs> uh, there were. 1,327 scenes consisting of 141,964 frames, each taking an average of 90 minutes to render, uh, this reaching around 15 terabytes of data. Uh, monumental for the era. Yeah, 2001. Uh, so like now what? it's probably nothing, yeah. What, like... How many Call of Duties? Like five Call of Duties. Yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, we'll talk about the rest of the uh, the budget soon. What does that rendering um, time add up to? How many years was this rendering before it was released? Wait, that's a good question. Uh, oh, Austin, you going to do some quick math? Yeah. All right. Let me get my phone. So it was 90 minutes of frame, and how many frames were there? 11,000? Uh, oh, frames? Yeah. 141,964. Oh. Holy shit. You were thinking okay. of scenes. So that's 12,776,000. 
1,760 minutes, which is 212,946 hours, which is 8,872 and three quarters days, which is 24.3 years. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. There you have it. (laughs) Now, shifting over to something a bit more fun to discuss, let's talk cast. Uh, except I'm gonna, um, I, I am gonna do our protagonist last since that'll be the the most stuff to break down with her, um, and so they they spared no expense, uh, you know, as like, well, I mean, we've already read through a lot of these people, but um, yeah. just to just to reiterate, um, we have um, Alec Baldwin as Captain Gray uh, Edwards. Yeah, you're right, um, and uh, his uh, this was also his his apparently his first theatrical uh, voice acting role. Um, it shows. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, he was the replacement for Matt Dillon, who, upon visiting the studio, was so shocked at the photorealistic appearance of the characters that he stormed out of the building, screaming about how Square was trying to quote put actors out of business. Witches, witches! <laughs> no <laughs> they were, lie. They were hiring him for a role. This fear was even echoed at one point by Tom Hanks. Uh, ironic when you consider him as Woody, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has no stake in, you know, CG movies. <laughs> <laughs> then there's Steve Buscemi as Neil, um, who uh, coincidentally was doing uh, voice work with Pixar that same year with uh, Monsters, Inc. Um, Ving Rhames was Ryan. That was like one of the, oh, Ryan, the okay. few that we uh, couldn't recall. Uh, this was his first uh, voice acting gig as well. Uh, Perry Jilpin as Jane. That okay. was the, yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland, as we said, uh, as, uh, as Sid, which I, I guess is really no relation a Sid from the games. I mean, there's always a Sid in a, in any Final Fantasy. Pro- like, yeah, it is like always the a Sid. They're not always an airship pilot. Okay, but yeah, yeah. that's wh- who I know Sids as. I <laughs> actually I there suppose. is a Doctor Sid in six, and in, oh, in, in, right. in, in nine he's a transformed king who's a bug. <laughs> then maybe there is a bit of more of a you know something there. Uh, well, he's a pilot too. He's a pilot king. Uh, Naturally, not kidding. <laughs> pilot king. Yep. <laughs> Um, noted piece of shit, James Woods was uh, General Hine, um, mm-hmm. uh, who you know we just I think referred to him as <laughs> like Captain James Woods, yeah, yeah. General the whole time. Yeah, man, Hine, huh? um, gave him a. Oh, by the way, Keith David. Guess does anybody? Can anybody? Uh, Did they say his name? No, because guess what yeah. he's in the credits as. Oh. He's Counselor Two, right? No, he's Counselor Member Number One. Oh, good. They gave uh, they, the top wow. bill. <laughs> yeah, they could not give him a fucking name. Um. And it's which is especially like humorous considering uh, both him and and you know and um, James Woods like already had a history in in VO by the way you know it's like um, uh, Woods obviously with with Hercules and um, and, and also uh, just as the the uh, extras there was a, I think someone pointed it out uh, it's, there was Gene Simmons John DiMaggio you know of, of mm-hmm. Futurama fame uh, John. Demita, Matt Adler, dozens of others, and um, Matt McKenzie as Major Elliot, the only member of the cast to have a future with Final Fantasy as he went on to play Uron in Final Fantasy X and X2. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> that character rules. Oh, yeah, he, he's he's great, and he, mm-hmm. he's great in those games, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, why... They should. John DiMaggio is wonderful. Why didn't they give I know, him one of the not, main roles? Like, not enough use of John DiMaggio. Who did he play? Uh, I think it, I, he was. I think it was just some council person. Oh, councilor number three. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
That or like a random soldier. Yeah. He might have been one of the soldiers that like... With, was James Wood's team. Oh, maybe? that never yeah. took his mask off and got their souls ripped out of their backs? Yeah. Potentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Carmines. But on to our main character, uh, Ming-Na Wen, uh, or better known as, uh, as you said, Austin, the actress of um, For Milan, and uh, Chun-Li from the Street Fighter movie. So, another connection. Um, cool. But she's uh, Aki Ross. This is where it gets weird uh so apparently one of the things this venture was setting out to do was to actually make the avatar for her the world's first all digital performer a vocaloid yeah essentially yeah um meaning that like like that model and her voice were going to act in other movies like playing someone else what i'm not kidding yeah i remember this Mm -hmm. yeah um, so she could just like build up an asset bank and just drop it into whatever movie you want. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Like it would have been just like, hey, starring, uh, you know, a Kai Ross. Yeah. Or Aki Ross. <laughs> Not the the you know the the actual woman who's right did the uh, I, voice or motion. It capture. makes Matt Dillon's reaction a little more understandable, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like he was right. Um. <laughs> This was part of the reason everything was designed uh, to be as hyper, like, real-looking as possible. I already brought up the hair and clothing tech, but each character's base body consisted of more of uh, more than 100,000 polygons, uh, with the most attention being on her. Um, originally, it was said that her appearance was in line with a, quote, supermodel type, but then mm. choices were made under lead animator Roy Sato to remove the artificial makeup she was wearing and shorten her hair to give her a, quote, intelligent look that would convince people she's a scientist. Oh, boy. <sighs> that, I, that's layers of problematic it, right there. It sure is. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Models can't be scientists. No, and you, can't, nope. you cannot be anywhere ne- like approaching attractive. No. no. And putting allowed. on makeup, it's just all the science leaves and you. And all models yeah. are stupid. Of course. So, yeah. yeah, we all know. Very similarly. The Batman and Robin. Wait, no. Was that Batman and Robin? The one with Uma Thurman? No, that's Batman Forever. Where she's like, they try to make her... Poison Ivy? Yeah, they try to make her ugly because she's a scientist, but she's still hot. And then she gets to be Poison Ivy, and then she gets... Yeah, takes off the glasses. She takes off her glasses. Pretty ugly girl from like... Takes her hair out of the ponytail, shakes her head. Actually, that might have been Batman and Robin. I think it was. I don't remember. Um, Sato also used many of his own personal mannerisms, expressions, and gestures to further add to the authenticity of her performance. He even joked that she was basically him, except, quote, she's a lot cuter. Uh, okay. That's more sad. It is I think. Sad. I apologize, by the way. I'm, I'm just, this is all. I, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just no, I, these, are all your, these are all your words now, Randy. <laughs> oh, God. Fully endorsed my hot button cast. <laughs> yes. Direct, it, uh, it might get worse, by the way. Um, oh, good. Phenomenal. Yeah, cool. so just heads up on that. I, I, <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, director Sakaguchi commented in, a, uh, in an interview prior to the film's release that it was okay to see uh, Aki and convinced she's a human. Um, all of this, in, in retrospect, is... Uh, okay. Yeah, it didn't age... <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it even came out particularly well, but it certainly has aged <laughs> even worse. As for Minna Wen... She discovered the opportunity for the role through her publicist and quickly got the part due to the casting director claiming she fit the personality. Uh, she remarked as saying that she was bonded to the character, that and the work was much easier than live-action shooting that required makeup, costume sessions, 
and um, having to go into the building more than once or twice a month. <laughs> Relatable, I, though. Yeah. yeah, you know what? At least, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, hell, the workload was so light for her that it didn't interfere at all with her other commitments to the ER television series she was in. So, good. Hell, double up those paychecks. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, so, uh, by where we're currently at, we're getting pretty close to the Spirits Within's completion. Um, Sakaguchi was on record stating he was pleased with the final edit, that he wouldn't change a thing if given the chance. That makes one yep. of us, buddy. <laughs> Perfect movie. Everyone was super excited. Um, well, everyone but maybe the Square executives up at the top. The total cost of the project was reported at $137 million, not including the $45 million for opening the Honolulu facility, nor the additional $30 million by shit. Columbia in uh, our upcoming marketing. Uh, remember, it was now 2001, um, after four years of production of a venture that was intended to be around $70 million. So... They're, they're getting over. into Avengers like uh, budget. <laughs> yeah, yes. and I, I don't know what the inflation is either. Uh, a hundred and sixty-three million in two thousand one, probably. Oh, inflation! You know, who cares? From, from, <laughs> a, from the po post nine eleven, post nine eleven inflation doesn't matter. We're all poor. <laughs> 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 but uh, the team was confident. Um, the public, though, is a different story. Uh, reactions to the early trailers left audiences a bit bewildered. Uh, series fans didn't exactly know what they were seeing, uh, and you know damn well that the mainstream moviegoers were <laughs> confused. Uh, even if, even if you know, albeit a little curious. Um, which, uh, speak, like, speaking of those trailers, uh, can I remember you said you watched one? Mm -hmm. um, I did not. But what what did that look like? Uh, it looked like it was going to be survival horror. Like, it looked like it was trying to be alien, is the way it was Really? Cut. Yeah. It, <laughs> you would never in a million years have guessed. It I, was... I wonder if that's the one they showed at E3 that summer. Because uh, Sony on stage for their, like, their 2001 conference was they dedicated time to, like... But, because... Oh, prior to that, I think it was only teaser, so you probably watched that one. Yeah, it had like yeah. the voiceover, like the old school trailer oh, voiceover, in a which world? I miss. In, but, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that that the you know the the booming voice and good, good. I miss that That's that trailer perfect. trend. But yeah. okay, so E three is in June. Mm -hmm. Do you have the release date of the I movie? I do. It, it wasn't far after that. Okay. The the E three trailer was the last one they edited together. Okay. That's their. Okay. The, you know how games kind of have like a launch trailer that yeah, it yeah. shows the most, and yeah, movies yeah. do it too. But um, now previous video game, <laughs> I keep having to air quote physically that no one can see adaptations. Um, not that this really was one. They did not have a good track record at the box office or with critical reception, for that matter. Um, well, so that's at least changed by now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Werewolves Within. <laughs> we finally got one. Um, so this caused a lot of skepticism. Um, the use of well-known actors was smart, but the grandiose of a premise, along with it being the director's first uh, feature, didn't vibe well with potential viewers. Um, which honestly is a huge shame. There were so many passionate people behind this that they just wanted to build something cool and change like the entire industry doing it. And you know, the, for the field, it was high risk. Debatably, they did reward. build something cool, yeah, and they, be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and three D mocap is kind of like a thing now. Like, can we yeah. really credit that or them with that? 
I don't know. I mean, like, the, the thing here is that, like, it wasn't a con by any stretch of the imagination, you know? Like, it's... It, as strange as it is to look back on today, the Final Fantasy name, like, had, a, like, so much meaning. And, I mean, it still does, but it's, like... But it, it wasn't... They didn't just put it there for, like, any sort of nefarious purpose. And they also, like... We're squashing the idea that even if this was like somehow like super profitable, they were like, there's no intention of a sequel at any point. Like, mm -hmm. didn't, you know, the success was not like. They weren't angling for a franchise. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, um. Or repurposing another script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing left for anybody to do now was to wait and see. And, uh, just, you know, how folks would react for themselves once they finally saw it. Um, the studio even held out for summer just to increase that blockbuster chance. Mm. And so, on July 2nd, 2001, the film had its world premiere at the Man Bruins Theater in L.A. Nine days later, on July 11th, it would hit wide release in the United States. First, hmm. um, soon after, the screenings would extend out to Japan, Europe, Brazil, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea. This was no small-scale launch. Like, it was dubbed in, like, you know, like, multiple languages. Um, that being said, uh, keeping with tradition, I believe it is now time to play our, uh, our game here. Uh, who wants to guess the box office results? Hmm. Everyone give me just your, your best guesses. Right, Price is right rules. World, America, what are we talking? Uh, world. Oh, boy. Domestic Seven, and... Seven dollars. <laughs> uh, 69 million. Mm-hmm. Four hundred and twenty nice. million. That what about you, nice. Austin? Uh eighty million. Ooh. So across the world, it looks like it's finished run, left with around eighty five point one million. Damn it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean it's honestly better than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean that that's a guess because usually when box office bombs happen, they always like get real close to a hundred million. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never quite hit that. And that's obviously a bomb when your movie costs two hundred million dollars. You know, yeah. yeah. If they stuck within budget, they would have made a profit. Yeah. <laughs> the slight one, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for advertising. But um, and for reference, it released a week after Scary Movie two and two days before Legally Blonde. Um, so it had stiff competition. Is what you're saying? <laughs> uh, Legally Blonde is a better movie. I will say. Otherwise, will not argue it, that. it was by itself though. Like, yeah. like you know, it, it had its own day. Um, but yeah, not, not what the execs were uh, yearning for, unfortunately, as it, it just, you know, as you guys joked, it didn't break even. Um, so I suppose we can do another round of the game, uh, today, if you guys are maybe wanting to guess our Rotten Tomato score. Hmm. Oh boy. Uh. Same rules. <laughs> Austin, you go first. You won last time. Okay. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. 59. 45%. Babe? It's, it's got to be four, It's got to be lower than that. 44. It's critic. 44. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Come on down. You're too optimistic there, Austin, with 59. Um, but here's the funny thing, though. Like This yeah. was honestly the highest percentage of any video game movie until the Tomb Raider reboot and Rampage came along like 17 years later and hit a 52 and 51 respectively. 
Um, the Tomb Raider reboot. Well, oh, the reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not the Angelina Jolie, I the Alicia there was a reboot. One. It was wow, forgettable. Okay. Um, oh no, wait. I, I actually, I was wrong. I'm sorry. It, I it was tied with the first Mortal Kombat. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Either way, uh, the 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 crown then shifted over to uh, Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, excluding television or streaming services uh, or, or series like, uh, like Castlevania. Castlevania um, is the highest rated. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the crown now is uh, Werewolves Within, which actually came out after I, I wrote this. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's sitting in the 80s for uh, like a video game uh, adaptation. Movie. Is, yeah, it's great. Um, uh, so, but... Why this 44 and 49 on Metacritic, uh, respectively? So I would have won if it was Metacritic, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Wait, we'll play it again. Play again. <laughs> uh, many reviewers were rightfully wowed by the groundbreaking animation, despite some complaints that the CGI characters did fall a little bit into the Uncanny Valley territory. Um, in fact, this movie was one of the most famous examples of that term making its way to the, into the cultural osmosis. Like, it, it's it's... You know, tossed around a lot today, but I think this was like the most, like, like the, like uh, there was like articles about it that were describing what the phrase like right, right. meant. The score and audio were also lauded, uh, w- so mm. which I uh, vehemently, right. vehemently disagree with. Finish, finish this. I gotta play my middle mini game. Okay. After this, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know what else was here was the problem. Well, the largest criticisms definitely seem to uh, be directed at the overall story and character drama. What? For yeah, some, including say. Roger Ebert, that wasn't enough of an issue to overshadow its uh, technical milestones, with him even going as far as saying that he wished the film to succeed so that we might see more things like it crafted in a similar image. This is the same Robert e- Roger Ebert disagree. that said video games weren't art? Yeah, so you know what's interesting? Well, I mean, he, I think he rescinded that before he passed away, and... His argument about that, I did think it because I was one of those people when I saw that it's a very clickbaity headline where I was like, "Man, fuck you!" But his reason was he thought that, and again, I don't agree with, is that having the interactive element of video game, if you have dictation over an artist's vision, then it's not art. And I w- and then and then I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Okay, what about all of the interactive art installations that have been going on for thousands of years? Is that yeah. not art either?" Which is why I do think. You know, shortly before his passing, he kind of like sat with some games and sort of changed his tune and understood a little bit more. They're not comparable mediums, but I do think he had a deeper respect than probably what was um, conveyed by the clickbait. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you're right. You're right. Um, so not only were uh, the effects really something, but. The- even the idea of a computer-generated motion picture aimed at an older audience was an incredibly rare feat. Um, for the majority of others, though, they mostly found it confusing, cliche, muddled, and boring. Correct. <laughs> All yes. accurate, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. The dialogue especially. Going back and, and taking a look at some of these, these written reviews, they actually didn't, um, like, come as hard at the performances that i thought that they would have um i mean i guess like good vo would be well no there's been animated movies for a while so it's like yeah they have a touchstone for good vo so like i said it's almost like everybody was just so distracted like they were just like whoa that's like person is i i think there's there's definitely something to that yeah yeah and and it's and i'm not saying i blame them i i mean the first time i saw it i 
I wasn't like yeah, was paying busy as close attention to. No, yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't seen it before, to, but I remember just even seeing some of like parts of the trailer when I was young, and I was yeah, like, it's oh. eye. It was striking. It was yeah. eye catching. Um, now it like there, there there were people that still lamented that like the realism wasn't quite there. Uh, meaning like the, the facial work specifically can get kind of awkward at times. Um, regardless, many outlets did note it as a significant step up from the likes of a wing commander or that like Angel the like we said the, the, fucking the, the Angelina Jolie, Lara Croft joint. That landed and which fucking that hit theaters a month prior. Um so it was like if you're I guess comparing video games movies, one of these is feels a little bit more earnest and genuine than Look how hot Angelina Jolie is! Like, it's... I mean, to be fair, that's kind of in the spirit of the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 it's, it's it, when you think about where, where Tomb Raider is now, and there's like so much more, yeah, you know, you know like, care, and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> and emotion towards the character. And um, one quote I do want to read. Uh, this was from Time Magazine's uh, review. Um, it stated, "If the ambitious mix of East West." movie game and anime action doesn't pay off we may still remember this as the moment true cg actors were born well it didn't and we don't <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's a shame because the colonel is there like it's like and that would have probably been more inarguable in 2001 but mm. <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't the CG actor thing is just such a weird concept to me to like to want to have a 3D asset that you're then selling for other movies rather than just creating characters for mm. your. So I'm glad you brought that back up because remember when I said it was going to get worse? Oh, boy. Oh, no. So the bulk of the attention in a lot of the critiques surrounding this film uh, lied almost solely on our protagonist, uh, Aki Ross, who Entertainment Weekly labeled as an it girl. Um, and oh, it's going to get gross. And this it? was like, so a lot of this presumably came from horny men who thought she was, you know, like, nah. and then, um, there were several comparisons to iconic characters throughout movie history, like an Ellen Ripley or Aaron Brockovich. This obviously wasn't without its pushback as well for more sensible journalists that weren't weird comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Cause like I said, trailer, very evocative. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Also, but also evocative of Vera Brockovich. I've said that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And there were, like, there were editors and reporters that were not necessarily pleased with certain uh, like damsel aspects of her role in the plot. Um, yeah, she spends a chunk of the middle of the story just kind of unconscious. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Well, not even kind of, very um, unconscious. This take then hitting a misogynistic peak uh, when any previous decision to keep her design respectable and initially not erotic was thrown out the window when it was announced that Aki would be sporting a bikini on the cover of a future issue of Maxim magazine. Oh, I gotta uh, this wait, did that Just... this actually come to pass? Uh -huh. Was that before or after Marge Simpson? While being ranked that was play, by... That was Playboy. Yeah. Ah, whatever. <laughs> the same magazine. This while being ranked by their readers in 87th place out of 100 as one of the sexiest women of 2001. Um, her also being... Good night, everybody! The first fictional model to do so. Well, Austin has just passed me a phone with this picture on it, and I am... Don't smash my phone. Not, not particularly pleased that this. I exists. wish I could say it was. It ended there, but it didn't. 
Um, this same image then, then appeared in the, quote, Babes, the Girls of Sci-Fi special of SFX Monthly. And um, then again later on the DVDs, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was the launch DVDs or maybe it was the later collector's editions that chose to include a, a photo shoot in the bonuses featuring extra poses for all you uh, lonely nerds out there. Stay classy, everyone. I was actually going to compliment the movie on on giving her like power shoulders. Like she had some dope shoulder pads, and I was like, <laughs> hell yeah! I mean, that's, powering. She's that, covered up, and that's the fucked up part. Is that it's funny considering what the intentions of her were meant to be beforehand. Like, right, a in, sex in some yeah. ways, no. Yeah. Like, I more meant like they not. I mean, it's it's still gross in a in a in a separate way, but they were just like. Let's tone down the sexy, and then they're like, "Oh, people are horny. Let's ramp up the sexy." Or yeah, okay, we got we got to remove the makeup, or else I know. no one will no, believe. Both versions She's are insensitive scientist. and completely out of touch with everything. But it's just like, I mean, hey, I guess that's uh, closer to traditional Hollywood's view of women. Wow, well, I got a picture here of uh, but, Alec Baldwin's character shirtless, so that makes you feel better. Hey. Oh, so it, it's egalitarian, what, yeah, 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 what you're saying. Because yeah, not to say that anyone posing for sexy pictures of any kind is it's inherently like inappropriate. It's no, just that it's, it's more the the scene around it that can get and just the ranking too, like that. Is, uh, you no, know, it's in the most exploitive way. It's yeah. unnecessary. It's completely yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, it's like she's, she's embarrassing. Not, like she's also not a real person that can like make that choice for herself. Right, so it's like yeah. it's very weird to like, create a... <laughs> something and then yeah. decide that it's so sexy that everyone to needs to see it with less clothes on. Yeah, and in, just... the, in the same way that like I don't real, know what the actual real, actress thought of this. Real it's... scientists don't do bikini shots. I mean, don't... I do. Oh uh, well, <laughs> got to raise funds for the lab somehow. They don't have to because they've made their contributions to society. I feel like she, it's different. Yeah, it's like yeah, if you if a, a scientist decides they want to go do a burlesque shot. Yeah, like, brush sure. shoot on their Forward. own time. Absolutely, but yeah. like, yeah, like Dave was saying, everyone's contenting. No one's getting like, hurt. I just like, they wanted her to literally be an object that yes. could be passed around and used in other. I don't think it's also a coincidence properties. that a lot of these moves happen after the film didn't pull in the, uh, you know. Yes, yeah, so they're trying the to big pull bucks. more of a more of a <laughs> diverse audience, I guess. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I don't think a lot of the like it's not this bad anymore there's still a lot of uh improvement that needs to be done but uh i, I like i think uh, for example some of these things i reference i don't even know if they're around anymore um what maxim magazine no maxim it's <laughs> still well, with SFX. Yeah, yeah like they're you know like because you saw this even in um you know like sci-fi the channel or like you know like or something they'll just be like it's our blah, 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 and like or vh1 or like I, I i think that is we've wised up as a as society a, yeah we've moved away a bit we're yeah. we're just more subtle about our uh yeah objectification <laughs> nowadays yeah. rather than literally creating an object and then objectifying it even further somehow um all this fucking bullshit aside there were defenders of what they saw the film did win the jury prize at the 2002 japan media arts festival uh, there were nominations for its sound at the Golden Reel Awards. Uh, its affirmation trailer that you watched, Kay, uh, mm. was hailed uh, at the Golden Trailer Awards. Uh, Excuse me? <laughs> its soundtrack album made its way to the top Billboard charts. It even snagged a nom for Best Animated Feature with the Online Film Critique Society. 
losing to Shrek. And, <laughs> <laughs> a superior film. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Saturn Awards almost gave it a, a win for that special edition DVD. But uh, Austin, I believe uh, going back to this, uh, the the music that there there's something yes. you wanted to share here. Okay, so first we're going to start. I'm just going to show you because it got lauded for the soundtrack and then the soundtrack hit the billboard, right? Yeah. And Because I, I think people went in thinking it was going to be a final... Like, I think people bought that without maybe so we're gonna, knowing... We're going to do a little game. <laughs> I'm going to play a song from the Final Fantasy Spirits Within soundtrack. I don't remember what it sounds like. I randomly pulled it. And then we're going to play two of my personal favorite <laughs> Final Fantasy songs. Okay, Name so this is tune. the movie. It also goes without saying that, uh, that, like, I mean, we're all musicians here, but you guys have had a direct experience with performing in big band, like, you know, like, what do you think of this? It's fine for a different movie. It's, it's very, it doesn't sound, it's very generic It doesn't sound distinctly yeah. Yeah. Final Fantasy. Okay. Like, That's why it feels more like Batman to me. Like yeah, it's saying, very like, generic Hollywood. Yes. And then you got Nobumatsu... Who is yeah. responsible for the following two, the next two songs? <laughs> Go on. Everybody refrain from crying. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> same year. Yep. Yeah, same year. Same year. <laughs> so that is from, that is to Zanarkand from Final Fantasy X. And then for the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I could see Batman in this time. <laughs> True. Still, this makes you want to flip the table and start fighting. But do I have the remake for you? <laughs> yeah. Just like that, that, by the way, is... That could have uh, made what we saw so much more exciting. Bombing run? No, that's oh, those, those who fight. Yeah. Uh, that's the Final Fantasy VII remake version Dope. of those who fight. I, I respect your uh, restraint and not immediately just putting on one winged angel. One winged angel yeah. from Advent Children? <laughs> that's what we'll close Hell out. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, no, we already like, got our closing Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. If, if that doesn't demonstrate just like how, <laughs> how much the boring music contributes to the overall boringness of the film and going into it as like, I didn't care that much about music when I was 12 and I saw this, but like going into it as a Final Fantasy, like not even a huge Final Fantasy fan. It's disappointing to not have no memorable, yeah. Respects the musical legacy of the Final Fantasy series and then to hear the fucking mm -hmm. orchestral, like that's the London Orchestra, it's a good composition, yeah. but like it's not Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's also just it's like the way it was used in the movie was yeah. it was yeah. either completely like ignore like I, I'm someone that always like it's I, I yeah, love listening to, to like yeah. the score. It, it's a huge part of like the ambiance of a movie. Yeah. It was so, it, but the music was either completely absent or when we did notice it, it was because it was yeah. horribly out of place. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like even like from a non-Final Fantasy standpoint, it's like like you were saying, like the score really helps to set the mood. And when your score is like everything else, and also your lines are generic, and also your faces don't move quite right, it's really hard to like get an emotional attachment to literally anybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like the only it, the only thing about the score that I remember is that they're, they're, it constantly telling me how evil James Woods. Uh, yeah, was. yeah. It's so it's just like and... it's not a huge problem in the grand scheme of this movie's problems, but it's emblematic. It's very emblematic yeah. of what the what the weight that comes with calling it Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within and not delivering on that. Yeah. In the um, same way that Kay was very upset, there's no chocobos, <laughs> still there's upset. no airships, no also, moogles. I would love you, though, to take that song you just let us listen to from the movie and then edit that into the fight uh, in Lord of the Rings, the fight for Helm's Deep. Uh -huh. just, let's just see what like, the emotional difference is like, between those two scenes and how the score yeah. can do some work. Um, yeah. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Spirits Within was also uh, confusingly in the running for a Stinker Award. Uh, in the category of worst screenplay for a film grossing more than a hundred million worldwide using Hollywood math, which what, what an oddly specific. But also, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. Though, right? So it, it, well, that's. Oh wait. I mean, I don't really get it when you factor in it. Yeah, it's actual profit because so. See, th this was sort of the impact of when it was released. There were plenty of articles down the road from Boston.com and CNBC. Uh, that put it on a list of some of the biggest box office bombs um, with its loss of about $94 million. Um, it did perform better in certain territories over others, but it wasn't looking great for our friends at Square Pictures. Um, so that brings us to the part that I'm sure everybody was really waiting for, our closer and our merger. I do want to get the facts right here, though, because I feel like the common narrative out there around what happens next isn't always entirely accurate uh, my opening alone was deliberately written to be a bit of a deception um i mean we probably made jokes in earlier episodes of this show that it maybe didn't like you know truly align with the tried and true full story of one of the highest profile partnerships in all of eastern gaming mm -hmm. the ultimate question to this then now being what led to uh the developer and publisher that we all know today as Square Enix. Um, with the answer being more complicated than you might have believed. Uh, so just to lay out the timeline the best I can, Square Proper was formed by Masafumi Miyamoto, not that Miyamoto, in 1986. Squaresoft being their branch for games. Enix, on the other hand, was founded by Yasuharo Fukushima in 75, 11 years uh, beforehand. Now, I don't want to get too, too deep into the weeds of either of, of their, you know, their full origins, because otherwise we'll be here all night. But by this point, both companies were famously known for their contributions to the role-playing genre in the world of, of video games. Um, other than Final Fantasy, Square had Secret of Mana, Legend of Mana, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, uh, Xenogears, Parasite Eve, Saga Frontier, and Vagrant Story. Uh, oh, and um, the Mario RPG was them too. Meanwhile... Enix was rocking uh, Final Fantasy's biggest competitor, Dragon Quest, uh, along with Star Ocean, Valkyrie Profile, Act Razor, Soul Blazer, um, Illusion of Gaia, Robotrek, Mystic Art, Mischief Makers, hell yeah, and Bust a Groove. Oh. Also hell yeah. Um, but lots of RPGs, lots of hits, and lots I did not play. 
Um, also, most notably, 1999 was when Enix began their joint venture with Eidos, uh, the, the distributors of Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Hitman, Time Splitters 1 and 2, yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, tons more. This lasting up until their total acquisition by current Square Enix in 2009. But yeah, both seem like they were doing pretty damn well, um, right? So, uh, like, here's the thing. They were. Um, this was pre-movie, by the way. The problem, though, was the rising cost of development as technology rapidly progressed. Um, Square and NX had a serious reputation for being able to get multiple releases per fiscal out the door and onto shelves. This would only slow as the more complicated like producing titles became with every new console. Players kept expecting greater and greater graphics, more systems, more cinematics, uh, better voice acting, or just voice acting, period. Um, longer experiences, online multiplayer. It was getting to be too much. Not to mention the growing success of Western and European studios. Folks were yearning for fresh franchises, and now they were at like direct competition. This was when Enix hatched the master plan to first combine forces in, get this, June of 2001, a month before Spirits Within was like set to land in theaters. The wildest thing about this was that it was kind of easy to label them as a second placer here. Not, not Square. Um, each were enjoying decent numbers. Square did have its first quarterly loss go public that February as they restructured and changed vice presidents. But, like, who gives a shit about that when you're ready to, to set the planet on fire with your hyped-up motion picture? <laughs> um, elsewhere, Enix was taking quite a stock drop for their delays of Dragon Quest VII and Dragon Quest Monsters Two. Regardless, though, no one was in any major trouble. Yet. <laughs> uh, so what was the pitch? According to IGN, press briefings were held in Tokyo, revealing that Enix, Square, and Namco were looking to tie the knot. Everyone involved was ready for it, with Play Online being a key factor due to Japan's internet infrastructure. Enix in particular was the most excited, as they would receive access to several of Namco's properties for assisting in home releases in return for their help in the arcade space. <laughs> the arcade space. Yeah. Plus, it was fucking Square. Final Fantasy. Their forever rival in the RPG realm. It was like, it was a match made in heaven. Imagine the power and possibilities. Everything was coming up Millhouse, and then bam, three little words showed their uh, their beautifully rendered faces, the spirits within. <laughs> uh, suddenly, that near $100 million loss didn't appear so hot to the executives of, at Enix anymore, and perhaps most ironically, and what people often call the main reason, the catalyst for the merger, was it was actually that the movie almost nearly ended the partnership before it even began. Like, yeah. like <laughs> it was Not Enix was luck. yeah Enix was like all right we're all in and then they they saw Square Square put out the movie and they were like I don't know <laughs> like it's <laughs> a lot of dough so assuming that Square had full confidence in this movie why were they looking to do a merger when everybody was doing yeah. all right anyway that's kind of it Mo makes me wonder if they yeah. maybe were at, like at that late stage in the game oh they, they got like, cold feet eh, they would, might have had a feeling I think <laughs> what Randy said is just future proofing right it's like you think about Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 were just like bam 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 year, they, yeah they were a right. year, uh, year they apart were, they were a year apart each PS1. and then and then it took like three years to get yeah the jump from PS1 the, to the next PS2? generation yeah PS1 and PS2 was like 
budgets for games were yeah. much higher. It took right, okay. it took a just lot. look at X compared to nine. You know, it took a lot to get ten out the door. Yeah, right. and they were just kind of like, we can't hit seven, eight, and nine numbers every year like we could anymore. Gotcha. Now, see, these talks were already going down for a couple weeks. Some reports stating the initial call started as early as two thousand. The film's crash just further enticed the now desperate Square to want to get the deal rolling faster than ever. Enix, though, they were, you know, they were starting to rethink uh, the the strat. Um, so they, they had just invested like 99 million yen into game arts in order to publish their uh, Grandia series. Um, so it's kind of like who is relying on who now? Square uh, was approaching a second quarter of losses. And so, you know... Everybody was thinking twice here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting um, to show a pattern. Mm-hmm. That's when big boy Sony came in at the request of Square for a capital injunction. They were anticipating two upcoming monumental launches exclusively for their PS2 platform. One later that season and one the following year. We'll get to those in a sec. But yeah, by October 8th of 01... The Walkman guys purchased an 18.6% stake in our troubled company to slap a nice bandage on those wounds. Despite this, that November, CEO Hisashi Suzuki would step down from his position uh, with COO Yoshiwada coming in to replace him. He quickly responded to the ordeal and highlighted like some significant changes that would soon be uh, implemented. Divisions were to be fixed. This over the previous model where teams would disperse after a project was finished. Uh, source code and other resources would uh, be shared between them as well. Like, for instance, completed titles could be expanded on with newer entries using the same assets, thus further increasing efficiency. This is kind of where you, you were able to get your 10 twos. Um, there were now bonuses for employees based around profit. That was very promising. Uh, although we still needed two heroes to really step in and save the day. And they did. Their names being Final Fantasy X and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Small titles. <laughs> you may have heard of them. <laughs> Both were the slam dunks they so needed and Square was back. Literally, they regained their stability almost as fast as they lost it and was immediately seeing the highest operating margin in its entire history. Nope. Like <laughs> You said July 11th. Was Spirits Within. Mm-hmm. When did ten Final Fantasy X release? Ooh, that's a good question. It was in August? Because I actually looked this up because I was trying to, when I was getting ready for this episode, I was trying to figure out what I was playing around this time when this movie came out. Yeah. yeah. They were like two months apart. I think ten was second. Okay. Uh, so they holy, were- well, Japan, it came out July 19th. Oh, there you go. So it was a week later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that they weren't having to panic. Must have been, and then long. we got it a couple months after yeah, that. Yeah, it would have yeah. must have been August or Which September. Which I know Kingdom Hearts was two thousand and two. Um, I'm not sure when. Hold on, let me uh, check that real quick. No, not the fucking series. It's gonna take me forever. It might have taken. It must have taken a little longer to localize. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. That was that's more March, March. Um, yeah, March in Japan, September. What and, Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you localize that story. That November, the 25th, it was formally announced that their shaky past plan to unite with Enix were to officially proceed. Uh, Wada spoke on the reveal, stating, quote, we have fully recovered, meaning this merger is occurring at a time when both companies are at their height. Um, And the shareholders, 
They were surprised. Uh, doubts were still being cast post the damage from the spirits within. Even their founder, Miyamoto, expressing concern as he would find himself holding way less if the behemoths uh, followed through. Um, criticisms also came from uh, Takashi Oya over at uh, Deutsche Security saying, quote, Enix outsources game development and has few in-house creators, while Square does everything by itself. Um, including, you know, like publish and, and, and stuff. Um, marketing. Uh, the combination of the two provides no negative factors, but it would bring little in the way of operational synergies. I love it. Shade was now getting thrown back at Enix, even though they didn't fund that fucking CGI wildfire that we watched. <laughs> like, um, Either way, once Miyamoto's issue was resolved, this being in the form of an altercation to the exchange ratio of one square share for 0.81 of one Enix share, the green light was on and Square Enix was born. April Enix. 1st, 2003. What a date to land on. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> Good old Squeenix. But things weren't all fun and good. What about our friends at Square Pictures? Ah, uh, yeah, I was curious. Well, yeah, have they done anything since? Yeah, Believe it or not, to? they were still in the trenches, hard at work on their next project. A, a little short film known as, can anyone guess? It's funny, because as soon as I say it, you're all going to be like, oh, yeah. I, One of those Pixar shorts, I bet. Advent Children. Nope. Uh, oh. Nope. That was oh. years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I don't I have no idea. Give up? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Final Flight of the Osiris, the premiere segment for the upcoming anthology called The Animatrix. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, a series of sci-fi mini cartoons produced directly by the Wachowskis themselves uh, to help give additional context to the lore of the Matrix universe. It was even set to be released in June of 2003 between the events of Reloaded and Revolutions, with Final Flight making its uh, debut months early that March on the theatrical screening of Dreamcatcher, oh, uh, a less-talked-about horror movie uh. surrounding telepathic powers in children and based off Stephen King's 2001 novel of the same name. Is That is the movie in which a guy gets killed when a snake pops out of the toilet and up his butt? Or am I misremembering? <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm pretty what? sure uh, you may be the only person to swim that has seen Dreamcatcher. Uh, don't don't fact check me. I think well, now we happened. have to watch that. It I, certainly sounds like a Stephen King way it, to go. I'm pretty sure. Hold on, on Google's Dreamcatcher oh snake butt. <laughs> find, find me a gif. Yeah, if you can. I, will. Uh, I think that happened. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Um, now, the picture is attached to may, may have not been received well or have been remembered at all, despite uh, Star Wars Lawrence Kasdan sitting in the director's chair and uh, I guess really? the snake scene. Yeah, as well. Um, but uh, the same can't be said on the response to both Square's submission as well as the Animatrix in general. Um, yeah, the final flight of the Osiris. I remember also being amazed. Yeah, I, I, I think it it, I think it's probably even more technically impressive than. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Than uh, Spirits Within. Um, now, you could make the argument that a few of the uh, contributions featured were much better than others uh, on the Animatrix, uh, or that its tone perhaps too strongly rivals that even of uh, the films it followed in terms of its like kind of misery and bleakness. Though overall, it remains a solid fucking pillar for many uh, like in their love of the Matrix story. Um, and um, uh, yeah. Final Flight of the Osiris, another triumph use of CGI tech at the time. Uh, that did not yield too many results, but Dreamcatcher ass worms auto completed. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, so it wasn't a fever dream. Catcher. No, 
Uh-huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I know it's it's likely been a while. Uh, do you guys have fond memories of of the short? This one specifically? It, 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 uh, it, no. It opens with a lot of slicing off of clothing between two characters in a simulation. Yep. And then... Uh, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're both blindfolded. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Then the operator, voiced by Tom Kenny, starts yelling at everybody on board that their ship, uh, like, uh, about the... There's incoming sen- uh, sentinels. I love... I, I was obsessed with the animation. Yeah. It's awesome. The, the like the cardboard cover DVD, the old school. I think one. I, I think I still got it somewhere. Yeah, um, it's it's weird too because it's it's like the only chapter in the collection to not use traditional hand drawn animation, uh, making it kind of a standout. That and it serves as a sort of prequel to the Enter the Matrix game, which is uh, you know just insane to think about today. Um, but not as crazy as what I'm about to tell you next in that this minor victory wasn't exactly in any place to be celebrated by the talented artists behind it because the studio itself, yeah, they were already shut down um, <laughs> for about a year and a half, actually. Uh, the drought of profit in the light of uh, the spirits within this failure proved too much for the animation division. And by late January of 2002, Square Pictures was no more, citing, quote, extraordinary losses as the Oops. culprit. <laughs> so I am curious. You, you, it lost what over a hundred million, right? Yeah. What was Square's total worth at that time? Like, how much of their company did they lose on this? Single I don't movie? know. But well, it was they lost a hundred million for the production of the film, but also they lost the money invested into the the studio, like the the facility that right. they were operating. And then, um, but you're but you're right. Like, how precarious were the? Yeah, because I mean, like, the... were they a billion dollar company at that point? Like, I. Feel mm. like no, probably not. Yeah, like so that was probably like a good maybe thirty twenty percent of their entire company <laughs> sunk into that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do have to imagine that the profits. We'll never see the likes of something like this happen again with a game. Yeah, like, no, nobody's gonna take a risk. Yeah, the profits of ten absurd. had to offset that a ton. Yeah, I'm that sure. game made more than a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so did Kingdom Hearts. So it was mm-hmm. like that's why it, that's it's just so funny to me. It was like. This movie fucked everything up, and then two games came out, and they're just like, whew, that was a scary, like, year that we just did. Like, we're yeah, back. I would love to just see that stock chart with just this gigantic <laughs> chasm in the center and then just a mountain next to it. <laughs> um, insider info from uh, 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 Nikkei Financial uh, News. Nikkei. Nikkei, sorry. Uh, yeah, from Nikkei Financial News. Claimed the group was expecting at least three times what the flick pulled in for their future to continue. Oof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was dead before the Animatrix was announced and distributed. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because I don't know how profitable the Animatrix was, but it wouldn't have even really matter. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think the Animatrix, like, b- did w- yeah, pretty well. Was, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew a lot of, uh, like, a lot of bands that uh, had that DVD. So, uh, you know, they were dead also uh, before the merger and dead before those the PS2 titles came in to <laughs> save the day. Um, in the end, our overly ambitious, short-lived venture only lasted a couple of years with two finished works and their entire filmography to go with it. Um, and a third of a billion dollars <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, what a journey. Rumors regarding their supposed adaptations of Transformers and EverQuest were squashed. <laughs> Uh, the teams dissolved. Hopefully a handful of those minds were given positions elsewhere at the company. Uh, a bunch had to have been considering this subsidiary they were consolidated into with our last section here. Um, but it's, it's tough to know for sure. Um, because it wasn't over for Final Fantasy on the silver screen. You know, uh, 
Uh, yeah, the Square Pictures might have shuttered, but Square Enix's Image Studio, formerly Visual Works uh, pre-partnership, still kicking. Uh, that's right. Square had their own in-house CG department opened up around the exact same time as the Honolulu facility in 97. Damn. So this one solely uh, dedicated to building cutscenes and trailers for their vast library of video games. I was going to say. A demand that remained important. Yeah, I mean, have you, like, you play 10? Mm-hmm. The opening cutscene to 10 is yeah. awesome and far more interesting mm-hmm. and not that technically worse than anything in Spirits Within. No, no yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Because it's like, and it's, because that's the thing. It's like, not only that, but the, the technology was catching up in cheaper methods than what Spirits Within achieved years before. So it's like, you know, it's, um... Like, this was the boom of what you could do with VFX in movies, for sure. Um, but it's like, like you said, like, uh, games weren't that radically far behind in yeah. terms of, like, you know, uh, cinematics. Especially pre-rendered ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you didn't yeah. have to use room-sized, like, weather rendering <laughs> machines or whatever this <laughs> yeah. that was anymore. Yeah. yeah, that keeps all the nukes from going off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On loan from DARPA. <laughs> in, uh, in 2001, Square proper couldn't develop a companion title to put out alongside their feature film, something they did initially wish to do, hmm. um, because the consoles couldn't handle it. The workload would have been fucking astronomical. Um, every hand was on deck for that single product, for Spirits Within, like because... Uh, I do think some of the intention of that early draft was like, what if there was a, uh, you know, like a a counterpart game to flesh know. out the story? <laughs> I get anything. Have have yeah. non asleep voice actors. <laughs> but what's funny though, like they want, like they could take another whack at it this time, reaching a similar level of technical prowess in the theater and on DVD without all the expensive bells and whistles. So cost would be down plus the new influx of funding with the merge finally complete. Except, uh, how do you guarantee viewers this go-around? Easy, by doing what fans so desperately wanted the first time, base the motion picture wholly, in, like, wholly inside the world of fucking Final Fantasy. Uh, and, and uh, you know, choosing seven was even more, like, um, and but, like, make it known, you know? And um, this was in the form of, as we said, uh, brought up, Final Fantasy Final Seven, Fantasy Advent Children, Advent Children, yeah, the best um, Final Fantasy movie ever made. <laughs> now, uh, no one could be confused now. No, <laughs> no, familiar faces, familiar environments. There's more weight to what was happening since it was totally connected to one of gaming's biggest, most loved landmarks. Um, so uh, they figured out a formula. And uh, in September of 2005, Square finally had a movie to call a success. Well, a success uh, money-wise, anyway. I didn't realize it came out that long ago. Yeah. Reviews were honestly about the same as Spirits, uh, with the Rotten Tomato score sitting one point lower at a 43. Really? Positive word coming once again for the visuals, while the negative remarks primarily point out how fucking incomprehensible the 101 minutes are if you aren't already well-versed in the existing plot of See, That's the big thing, is like, you can make a Spirits Within, you can have your dialogue be terrible, you can have your voice actors be terrible, you can have your plot be terrible. Just rope in your fucking fans. That's the only mm-hmm. thing they need yeah. to do Sephiroth to make money. Is there. So yeah. 
Final Fantasy VII fans, as evidenced by history, will eat up anything <laughs> that is related to that game. I don't remember much about Advent Children. I just remember it being horribly boring. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember a lot of... I don't remember I saw it being... when it came out. I I think there was a part where a motorcycle yes. like flew through it. The air in slow motion inside a church, yes. maybe. His motorcycle was full of swords. Sounds right to me. I don't. Uh, <laughs> that also tracks. I I had mentioned this uh, off bike before, but the only time I've ever seen Advent Children was in a completely hungover haze once in college <laughs> at about seven o'clock in the morning, and I really that's think the right that's way. the optimal way to observe it. Yeah, because I you can just let it, all of the visuals just wash over you and just not care about it. <laughs> that's because I didn't want to spend too much time on our discussion of Advent Children since it's a different piece, but like. If anyone had any closing feelings uh, regarding, like, you know, just it's, get it out of the way I now. I remember it being not dissimilar from Spirits Within. The only difference yeah. was that it's it's cool. It's the, the thing. It certainly wasn't as stylish, you know, stylish. bold or out there as what we watched, uh, probably. But it, like you said, well, those, no, those fans were happy, you know, it's like more it's more bold. It's, in a in a way, it's more thoughtful. It's safe. I, I guess it's, it's safe it's, from it a financial safe. perspective in in the context of it being a prequel to prequel sequel, uh, kind of retelling. Retelling it's in the middle of seven, but the thing is that seven's got cool art, yeah, and yeah, cool yeah. world design and cool characters. Absolutely and the right. thing is, they did you know they did like modernize. From a technical perspective, what those characters look like, because mm-hmm. like clouds, like all blocky and shit in seven, and then in that, Advent I guess Children, that was the first like fully rendered representation yeah. of yeah. Outside I mean, of the, the cutscenes, outside yeah. yeah, but even it even looks way better than the oh, cutscenes. Yeah. Like this well, is this is Advent Children is where like the models for the remake are based on. It's where the models for Cloud and Sephiroth and Smash are based on. Like that's what. Those characters look like now. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't what those characters looked like before Advent Children. Yeah. They did a good job with that. That's true. To think about the difference in cost of both of these, and they were four years apart. Like how much had to go into making Spirits Within a Reality in 2001 to how much quicker and more and cheaper they got Advent Children done in 05. Right. And how much more profitable it was. It said mm-hmm. it sold over because I don't I don't I think they had a limited theatrical release for it, but it came out day and date on on like a home video. Home video. On fucking on disc on DVD. Uh All and right, it, Grandpa. I know. And it they it's quickly sold over four million uh editions. Like, you know, like that's pretty good. I yeah, mean, it's I know not like bad. Yeah. It, was it was there just like such a massive improvement in like technology in those 4 years too that really yeah. assisted yeah. in yeah. keeping the costs down? Totally. And, and also like Spirits Within came out before 10, a lot of new people came on board with 10, you know, like since and not just with 10, but you had by this point by 2005, 12 would have been out. 12 would have been out, 10 2 was out. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of the handheld stuff was blown up. So it's like, and I mean, <laughs> still like bad feelings about twelve. This, this was this was part of the uh, the extended set Final Fantasy VII universe. Wasn't there a a, a phone? There was a phone game where the you snowboarding. were snowboarding. Well, yeah. The snowboarding game on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and then what? there was my mom worked on action figures. Advent Children. Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus were yes. all part of this. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Because Dirge of Cerberus is called Final Fantasy VII yep. Dirge of Cerberus. Dirge of Cerberus mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, and I could be wrong with the timing here, but 
I wasn't this also when Dead Fantasy was huge online. Oh, so mm. I feel like that kind of like people were wanting that like, been a, a factor, Final yeah. Fantasy f- like movie with like good fight choreography. Th- there was a lot more action and. Uh... Do you mean any? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and no, like, and all the weird, uh, like you know, gun and ghost, uh, like combat was pew, pew, pew. yeah, was uh. It changed in favor of more traditional what you yeah, would you visualize would... Final Fantasy fights to look like. It's Final Fantasy VII. You're going to get your Buster Swords. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's you in there. You got like six Buster yeah. Swords. Yeah. It was great. Uh, n- it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be curious to, to like maybe give it another uh, yeah. look again. But uh, something we did um, check out more recently, though, was their second and final endeavor into the film space, jumping ahead 11 years a promotional tie-in with 2016's heavily anticipated Final Fantasy XV called Kingsglaive that supported a narrative running parallel to the RPG's main campaign. Um, I completely forgot I we watched too. this. I remember I thinking forget. it was all right. Like, it was engaging it, enough. It was pretty, but the, yeah. It, I remember it being fine and entirely forgettable. Yeah, the character yeah. went Nyx. Is that the character? Nyx yeah. and Crow. Yeah. I only and know that because they were in Brave Exodus. Yeah, so here's here's the yeah. thing. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, like we didn't have a bad time no, like watching it, but it was pretty to look at for sure. Yeah, but it did not, as you know, you mentioned, leave combined. much of an impression. Uh, critics definitely thought otherwise, though, as it uh, took the place of their lowest rated movie yet. Really? Fucking 12%. Really? It's harsh. Yeah, the reasoning due to the script, um, the cast, they say portrayal of women, and an uneven blend of action and stereotypical melodrama. But I think the, the biggest. Uh, like red flag was that it was incomprehensible to like they had to save the princess that was the <laughs> only woman in the movie if i remember correctly and she yes damsel in distress mm-hmm. and she yeah her personality was had to be saved yeah i can't i can't say those uh um perceptions are at all it's a good companion piece to 15 and, and that's what it's meant to do that's what it's meant for but it, it it's weird when you look at some of those like Rotten Tomatoes reviews and it, they're from outlets that like review movies that don't play games yeah. and I and, like I can't imagine them just well, being yeah, like but what 15, what is this 15 kind on? of expects you to have understood the story of Kingsglaive a little bit yeah, right I, it does add, in 15 like, yeah I believe yeah. so yeah yeah yeah, yeah because it, it, it's that's also, I guess, like, uh, like it's ha- it's like while this is happening, this is also yes. happening. Yeah, but, yeah I that... don't want to give any plot spoilers <laughs> by going into it, but that's it's, yeah. it's almost like an Enter the Matrix, you know, like, a... yeah. and that's the thing is like that it came out beforehand, but what's happening in the movie doesn't make any sense until you get to that point in the plot of the game. Yes. But then, what are you supposed to do? Pause your game and go buy a movie? <laughs> <laughs> like... It is weird. I mean, I know the like. Well, they play parts. They fast forward the most of the movie for you during the game. Oh my god, you're right. They do that. I they forgot. cut to, they cut oh, to the movie shit. in the game, but on like rapid fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't make excuses because I forgot most of that. That that does happen. Because the mm-hmm. beginning of fifteen takes place before the movie. Then the events of the movie happen. Correct. And they give you a very quick synopsis. Yeah. And then I think there was continue. a bundle also where you got the movie and the game together. As well as the Which... anime. Wait, the anime? Uh, anime? Brotherhood. Okay. Well, that wasn't animated by these guys. So I Brother- I Brotherhood is, is a, a series of anime shorts that are backstories for you, pro, uh, Prompto, Ignis, and the other guy. Your... Gladiolus. Gladiolus. 
Where does right. Type 2X0 HD fit into this or whatever it was called? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so that that is it, everyone. That's the history of um, Final Fantasy Films, Square Pictures, the founding of Square Enix. Um, this with uh, the Spirits Within being at the very center of all of it. Uh, and it goes without saying that it it was a... That was a topic to explore, man. I it's it's obvious to to make the joke uh, that like it's by and large kind of left the brains of most people, um. But its its legacy does live on in some noticeable ways, and I'm I'm not just talking about a um, you know, like a a cutesy little reference in Life is Strange, but yeah, like uh, animators on James Cameron's Avatar have even brought it up in conversations when asked of like what their inspirations were, you know, like it's and. And Bioware art director Derek Watts stated how much uh, influence it had on the like the look and themes of the Mass Effect trilogy. You can definitely mm. see it comes through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Kai Ross's character model may be retired from acting, but uh, <laughs> but on every instance of us seeing the Square Enix logo, we'll now recollect all the strange details that led to it and how it almost didn't exist. <laughs> That we never would have gotten the opus that was Final Fantasy twelve. <laughs> yeah, uh, why didn't the sexy bunny ladies catch on with uh, in the oh, later installments? What are they called? Oh, they did. Oh, they're they're oh, in yeah. fourteen. They're in fourteen now. Yeah. They're in Tactics Advance. And Chelsea's people brought are that up horny for them. Mm-hmm. Also, to be fair, I do actually think they did debut in Tactics. I think they repurposed yeah, yeah. them. Or <laughs> well, I have to take your word. Yeah, for that. T- I mean Tactics is. From the PS1, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they were much more um, defined in 12. Yeah, that's a word for it, yeah. Take, it, take that how you will. Considerably <laughs> well-defined, considerably less clothed. <laughs> they, no, they didn't have, they didn't need clothes. They had a little bit of fur hey, man, you certain parts. You guys are like traumatized. You played way more 12 than you, I have, and you played way more 12 than you should have. <laughs> I, cr- I, cr- I, play- I was determined to... I know you were. We've it, talked about uh, it, but I I played twelve for like an hour. And what the fuck that's is her. This that, shit? That's her. Like Tony Hawk Five and like. Uh, yeah, I beat Tony Hawk yeah. Five. I, <laughs> I think I made it. I'm gonna guess three quarters of the way. Mm. I. I <laughs> I'm Captain Bosch. I'm Captain Bosch of Damascus. <laughs> Special thanks to those uh, mentioned on the research, uh, IGN, GameSpot, Wired, Ars Technica, IMDb, and Wikipedia, of course. The Wayback Machine, as always, and helping <laughs> me dig up old articles shared on Hawaii news blogs. Um, also, the Spirits Within Blu-ray, uh, not just in making our, our viewing possible in its highest fidelity, but yeah, those, thanks. those special features played a big role in giving me a lot of behind-the-scenes info I needed, and right from the source, and I'm <laughs> not talking about the fucking outtakes that we <laughs> yeah there's a special feature called joke outtakes which we thought it was going to be like the thing pixar movies would do at the end where they yeah. like you know they That's like what I obviously thought. like a, pl- a plant they like you know all the the animated characters fucking up instead it was <laughs> asset switching and i don't even know what it was it, it, yeah it was completely unfinished uh like animation builds where like a character would trip and fall and it's like without sound like it's just yeah, like at one point one of the characters while they were in the little not warthog car like had a stop sign in their head yeah it was yeah after they crashed and ving rames was impaled that was odd she had a stop sign yeah. in her face and you know why not they had plenty of extra all, time it, and money to talk there was around. no audio too so it made it even weirder it was yeah it is 
It's not. It looks like the kind of thing that you would pass around as a bit among animators working yeah. together and be like, "Oh, check it out! This person hit their head." Instead of doing the epic jump that they, you know, were trying to do, but putting that on there was just like, yeah, it was like a ninety seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but check it out, you know, if, yeah, if you got it. Most um, of the Blu-ray for sure. Above everything else, though, I thank you guys. Um, especially as it is, uh, you know, to your first appearances on Hot yeah, Button with this us. Is and fun. Yes, thanks for having us. Yeah, fingers crossed on some more. Maybe, maybe yeah. we'll do Street Fighter. <laughs> Hell yeah! Thank oh, you boy. for having me. Yeah, this was uh, <laughs> and making me watch that movie. <laughs> this was honestly like this was an absolute blast to cover. Um, mm-hmm. I do apologize. There were a couple of bullet points that I chose to leave out in the interest of uh, hours, <laughs> uh, like the book stuff. There was a novelization put out a month prior to its launch date, penned by a writer who did the same for like Star Trek, Spider Man, and Men in Black. Um, <laughs> cool, I guess it just doesn't really matter in the grander sense. I need to own that. Novel yeah, there, there was uh, an official art book from Brady Games that uh, you know contained the usual kind of stuff that you would expect. And um, um, oh yeah, uh, but uh, and final thanks to uh, Stephen L. Kent there. Um, um, but um. Uh, Austin, before I ramble any longer, plug time? Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for listening. Um, if you watched the commentary with us, I have one thing to say to you. <laughs> you, you rubes. Best, best Final Fantasy. Hands down. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kay, I, I, I did like that you you pointed out on our break there. Like, Yuna's laugh doesn't get enough ridicule yeah. in the <laughs> same way that Titus they're both, does. They're both bad. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to check out a bunch more content, this is, I think, like, we're coming up on episode 90. I think this is 88. So. Holy shit. Look at us. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. We got a bunch of content. That's all at hotbuttoncast.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at hotbuttoncast. Yes. And yeah, I think that's it. it wants Next to go- time, we won't make you watch a terrible movie. I don't believe I don't, you. I don't believe that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a safe bet on their part, honestly. I wasn't uh, talking to you guys. We'll make you watch a terrible movie. <laughs> I'm talking to the listener. Hopefully yeah. at least... It, oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We're not alone in this room. How about Dreamcatcher? You want to go check... The, the, also, see that snake pop up out snake, of that toilet. Snake toilet. Yeah. Also, I, <laughs> I can confirm the Street Fighter movie is far more fun than... Oh, yeah. I, I, that I like just having human right. actors would help a lot. Hold on, I gotta... Mm. I said, I'm taking my headset off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>